what's happening everybody and welcome back to another episode of rapping with Reefum. i'm your host keith perkelhammer so on tonight's episode i welcome back my buddy chris meckley from aci aquaculture what's going on there chris not much buddy how are you doing man excited to do this tonight yeah me too man we got uh we got a lot on our agenda but um uh for those folks that don't know chris he is um ACI is a coral wholesaler, and he runs a business with his wife, Amanda, and his staff. Before we start chatting with Chris, I do want to thank the sponsors of this live stream, both Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine. Really appreciate these folks supporting the live stream, and I also really appreciate everybody out there tuning in and supporting it. And uh, as always, let's, uh, let's hit that like button, right? Get the, uh, get the likes up so more people can find the live stream. And while you're at it, let's subscribe to this channel, man. I'm, I'm pushing 20,000 subscribers. So if Ooh. we can kind of get to get to there uh, sooner rather than later, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Awesome. But uh, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. So, dude, man, I'm digging that shirt. You're rocking the Reef Bum work shirt. Yeah. Got to say, man, I like it, too. It's a little... At first, I was like, I don't know if this thing's going to be very comfortable, but it's actually very comfortable. And it's got your name on it. And uh, yeah. so you and I... I appreciate it. You and I are the only two in this world that are wearing a, uh, that have a reef bum work shirt. <laughs> well, now I feel special. <laughs> well, yeah. And you're the only one that has Chris on the, uh, on the shirt. And I'm the only one with, awesome. with, with Keith on. I mean, I, I have these uh, for sale on my website. I have not sold a damn one. I've sold a few hats, sold a few yeah. t-shirts and all that stuff, but not the work shirt. So, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to do a giveaway on the work shirt. Okay. So, awesome. so all you folks out there that are uh, digging this uh, Reef Bum work shirt, it's a red cap. I think that's what it's uh, called. It's a, uh, it's a high quality work shirt and uh, I wear it all the time. Nice. I wear it every Thursday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, all right, here's, here's how this, and, and this is only the first of two contests we got going on in this live stream here. So the second one just popped up. The second one, all of a sudden Chris was like, <laughs> let's do this one. I was like, okay. <laughs> So, all right, here's the, here's the first contest, the, uh, the Reef Bum Work Shirt uh, contest. So the 15th person that contacts me via the, via the contact form on my website, and you can get to that by visiting reefbum.com slash contact, okay? Put Work Shirt Giveaway in the subject line. And multiple submissions do not count, so don't try to like just keep <laughs> slamming that uh, that send button. Only taking one submission per person. So um, this is U.S. only, and um, the fifteenth person that hits that contact form that puts um, work shirt giveaway in the subject heading will be the winner of the, uh, and you'll get your own name embroidered on this uh, work shirt. It's really pretty damn cool i think honorary reef bummer yes an honorary reef bummer <laughs> all right so chris man you want to talk about the uh the second contest well you know i mean it was just kind of spur of the moment you know you were talking about giving away a shirt and i'm like you know what let's give away some jake corals so uh i guess uh keith it's the 20th person that um Re uh, con does the that that contact con that hits the contact form so reefbum.com slash contact you got to put jake's corals in the uh, subject line, Jake's corals, right? Jake's corals. You're gonna get three corals that Jake Adams personally hand collected. 
Um, two of them are from the Great Barrier Reef, and one of them is from the Solomon Islands. The Immortal Tort, the Hardline Hoax Am I, which has not ever been sent to anybody other than a handful of people that Jake selected to have it. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a very nice um, handful of uh, small colonies of it now that we've been growing it out. And then um, everybody's favorite monopora, the crystal experiment, which is probably one of the most amazing growth patterns of a uh, monopora that is um, on the market or in the hobby today. So um, again, like he said, 20th person to do the contact, Jake's Corals, the 20th person gets three pieces. Uh, Keith will be sending me the information and I'll be shipping those corals out um, next week. Yeah, so uh, I got a question about uh, do I ship merch to Canada? Um, M Casual Reefer. I, um, I can. So go yeah. ahead and enter the contest. It might be a little uh, more expensive for shipping for me, but I could do it. Tahiti? No, I can't do Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> Should have said continental United States. Um, uh, North America. Yeah, North America. <laughs> so, uh, all right, two giveaways. 15th person that uh, reaches out to me via my contact form and puts um, work shirt giveaway in the subject header. The 15th person will win a customized reef bum work shirt, U.S. only. And the ACI Coral giveaway, Jake's Corals. Well, um, 20th person that reaches out to me via my contact form. And the contact form is reefbum.com slash contact. Put Jake's Corals in the subject header. And the 20th person that does that, that I get, will uh, win those three awesome corals. And again, multiple submissions do not count. <laughs> so we got uh, well, to remind ourselves to uh, mention this a couple of times during the live stream, dude. Sounds good to me. I, I'll definitely mention it. Um, we'll, we'll, um, and I'm sure Amanda will pop in once in a while and say, don't forget to mention it again. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps me on track. So this is <laughs> like you do. This is cool, man. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's fun giving stuff away, you know? I, dude, I love it. I love it. Especially when it's my buddies, you know? Yeah. Everybody needs a piece of Jake, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anybody that loved and cared about him needs to have a piece of his corals, especially the stuff that he personally collected from the reef itself. And that's the amazing aspect of it. And, um, you know, uh, super excited about uh, being able to give those uh, three pieces away to somebody. Yeah, that'll be so some, cool. Some lucky winner. <laughs> um, do you know Port Wolf? Tell Chris I'm sorry I forgot the time difference. Not sure exactly what Port that. Port Wolf. I don't know. I, I don't really go on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff all that much. I don't remember. I, 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 if it was a name, I probably I might know who it is. <laughs> Um, problem prone. There hasn't been 15 or 20. I'm not checking my, uh, I'm not checking right now. <laughs> just keep, just keep submitting. You'll never know. Just keep it going. You'll never you know. You never know. You never know what happens. My email is probably getting bombarded right now. <laughs> so dude, man, what, uh, we got, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about in terms of corals. Um, but maybe you want to like start with, um, what's going on at ACI. Any, any, um, any things that, uh, been keeping you really busy lately? Anything you wanted to share? Oh, you know, um, it, 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 it's, uh, yeah, there's so much. I, I mean, where should I begin, Keith? I mean, uh, I think I called you earlier in the week and told you about something that um, three other people couldn't have foreseen to happen with um, some of the things we're doing here at the farm. Um, luckily, there was no major issues, um, but it could have been. Um, that's why I tell people do not use potassium or sodium hydroxide. 
um, we had some buildup and um, we got that problem fixed and uh, we learned a lesson. That's why I like to, I don't like the term expert because um, always learning, never an expert is what I always like to say because um, if I was an expert, these things wouldn't have happened, you know. Um, but that was, uh, I get so many inquiries from people about how to dose uh, the sodium or potassium hydroxide. And I tell people, no, your tank's not big enough. If what happened to me, again, nothing happened, but it could have. Um, what happened to me, if it happened to an average reefer um, and a small system, it would have been disastrous and everything would have been gone. Um, I don't think that there would have been any way of saving things with um, what could have happened if it broke loose because we had a buildup and we're actually right now um, I sent the sample off and unfortunately the, the sample was so rock hard Gene had to do a fusion um, uh, infusion on it to actually dissolve it completely to figure out exactly what the material was that formed uh, where it built up in my pipes. And uh, learned a valuable lesson. You cannot dose the stuff in pipes, drains, anything. It has to be in the open water column with a huge amount of water flow. And um, again, lesson learned. But uh, since I did that, I've actually now fine-tuned my systems even more than what I had in the past. And um, it, was a, it could have been a really hard lesson, but um, it was a very valuable lesson. And... Um, I enjoy, um, it doesn't bother me when I catch things, if they could have been a complete disaster. My heart sinks for the animal's sake yeah. because of something that, you know, Chris didn't foresee happening. Gene didn't foresee it happening. And um, it, it's, it's uh, we can't explain why, but once we figure out what this compound was that was formed, that encased a whole bunch of like pasty, um, um, sodium and potassium inside this rock hard case that started breaking apart. Um, once we figure out what that casing is, then we'll be able to understand it maybe a little bit more, but, um, we have theories. It could be magnesium hydroxide. It could be, um, magnesium oxide. It could be iron oxide. It could be a combination of a whole bunch of different elements that we're adding to the system that when the potency of the sodium potassium hit the water in the, in the pipe, uh, caused this to splash because it was a drain and droplets formed, which then once it starts, it doesn't stop. And yeah, it's, uh, it's always something again, dude, always, right? It's always something. Always. But that's the great thing about what, uh, about reefing, you know, it, 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 I, I don't like it when somebody calls me an expert because again, I'm still learning. I'm learning all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, that right there, just made me think hard because, you know, I've been doing this for two and a half plus years and um, didn't have any of these issues, um, but never looked inside the pipes to see if anything was happening. So I don't even know how long this was was occurring, um, but it turned out that every system that I was doing this in with the exact same way where the dosing lines were inside of the drain lines, they all had this buildup in them. So, yeah, we uh, do not do it that way anymore. Um <laughs> And uh, I've got, uh, well, it just added extra flow to my sump, um, which really isn't a sump. It's just an aquarium um, <laughs> with a rock wall in it. And behind it was where I consider the sump to be, where the, where the return lines are and all that good stuff. And uh, now I have a Voyager HP-10 making a big old wash machine back there in an 18-inch wide, six-feet-long area. And um, 
boy, has my pH been dialed in right now for the last three days. It's like I've never seen anything so stable in all the times I've been doing what, this. It's like what, what range are you in? Um, I'm I I don't go below in that system. I was having issues, and I, I this was this happened, but I was having issues prior to this happening for a few months where I was having an issue with my cockwasser even being able to keep my pH at 8.225. And with sodium potassium dosing to keep it where it should be at 8.28 for that dosing. And um, I, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And the theory was, was because of the alkalinity value was being added to the system with hydroxides and not with, um, you know, as much with the calcium reactor because the calcium reactor wasn't running. It doesn't run 24 hours a day. It runs for, you know, six hours off for six, on for six, off for six. So we thought that maybe the actual dissolved carbonates might have been the issue why the pH wasn't staying as stable because it was being created by the hydroxides. So I started playing around with, you know, dialing in the calcium reactor more in tune so it ran more free, more, it ran nonstop versus boosting the alkalinity up and then shutting off and then coming back down. And I actually was fun to do that for me as well because I actually did get the calcium reactor dialed in where it runs for about 10 to 12 hours, no, it runs for 12 hours. And then it goes off for six, runs for 12, off for six, runs for 12. So that's a lot closer to 24 hours a day than what it used to be. <laughs> but um, it debunked the theory that the carbonate was, was the issue um, with the issue that we found in the pipes. Um, and how I found it was one day I went in. Actually, I wasn't there on Friday. I was there for half a day because my mom and dad were in town and I spent the whole weekend with them. And um, so I wasn't in there Friday uh, from noon until Monday morning. And when I got there on Monday morning, the protein skimmer was about to overflow. Mm. Like the water was all the way up the neck and it was like literally, but it's pouring out the, the drain. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Not a good feel. So I thought, no, I, I've had corals growing in pipes before. So I thought maybe that there was a buildup of, of something in the, the gate valve. So I'm here cranking on the gate valve and it's moving smooth. So then I just took the whole gate valve assembly off with the drain line. And then I'm like, I can't even see through this. Um, I made the mistake of actually um, poking it. And I ended up getting a big glob of the pasty sodium potassium on my hand. And luckily it went straight into some water um, outside. I was using the hose to clean it out and um, I didn't get any major effects from it, but it's definitely a little bit uh, dry. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky it didn't uh, start cracking, but it actually feels like it's okay. I remember the last time I got that stuff on me, which is like over two years ago, and it made my fingers crack for like a month and a half, two months. That's, uh, and I said, I'll never. Yeah, you shouldn't be getting cracked fingers living in Florida, dude. You know what I mean? Uh, with the, with huh. the, you know, the humidity and, and the, uh, you know, you don't get any cold weather. It's, uh, yeah, well, thank God you're all right. I, I want to thank a few folks for Super Chats. Moki, inappropriate reefer, dude. Thank you so much, man, for the Super Chat. Finally catching a stream live. Uh, Jake DeYoung, thank you so much, Jake. Glad to finally catch a live stream. Thanks for all the info, guys. Awesome. Um, problem prone. Thank you so much for the um, for that super chat. Uh, what's Moki saying here? Dang, we're doing a super chat battle. Oh yeah, where's uh, where's Remy? Right, uh -huh. Remy and and uh, Moki were like 
dueling chat uh super chats uh, <laughs> a couple of times so uh we got to get remy on here do, do a little uh re uh rematch there but uh um <laughs> yeah thank you so much guys really appreciate that so um Dude, can you um, explain why you're um, you're dosing the um, the sodium potassium sodium hydroxide in addition to the calcium hydroxide? Because I'm a geek, <laughs> <laughs> and I like to live dangerously. I don't know. Um, ever since my whole venture with pH um, and and Kalkwasser was not able to do what I needed it to do to keep it at the natural seawater parameters, and again, I've I've been an advocate of natural seawater parameters. You know. For a long time, uh, even before um, I started uh, keeping my pH from being suppressed, um, and when Kalkwasser was still unable to keep my pH at 8.29, 8.3, and after all of my friends in Australia had gotten me pH readings at you know various times of the day in various reefs, and it didn't fail no matter where they were, no matter what time of day it was, the pH was 8.3. And I said, there's something to this and nobody wants to talk about it. And if people don't think pH stability is important, then why is alkalinity stability important? You know, why is magnesium stability important? Why is calcium stability important? It's like the biggest, you know, people want to hate on it, but it's probably because they don't understand it. And, it's, I was a, you know, I was a Kalkwasser guy before I even started, you know, ACI, you know, and, and when I was a hobbyist, um, I was a Kalkwasser guy. And when I moved to Florida, I started doing the old, you know, two part, three part dosing. And, you know, I had a small system, so it wasn't really a, a, a it was a money pit, but it wasn't nearly as bad as what it um, turned out to be over the years of dosing two part in my farm systems. Um, so bottom line. I want my pH as a coral farmer. Okay, you're as hobbyists. Okay, I add, I, 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 I stress the fact that you boost your suppressed pH, but in most cases, in a closed house, a closed system, in a lot of cases, as a hobbyist, you're not going to be able to do what we do, because I will never teach anybody how to use those two hydroxides ever. I will never teach them how to use strontium hydroxide ever. It's just too dangerous for small systems. Um, but in my systems and the fact that we farm corals and I make a living doing this and my job is to make sure that my corals are as healthy as they possibly can be. When Kalkwasser wasn't able to do it for me, that's when, you know, Chris and I started toying around with some things. Chris he Wood. knew what to do. Chris Wood. Yep. I mean, the guy's a genius. Captivate aquaculture. Um, Captivate aquaculture. I mean, the guy's, um, you know, changed my, you know, when, when I, when I met Chris, you know, 15 years ago or more, more than 15 years ago, I think, um, you know, we clicked, you know, we understood each other really well. And it was back in the old, um, you know, I won't mention the name of the company days, uh, but now he's got Captivate Aquaculture, <laughs> which is by far um, superior, uh, in my opinion, because of the, the, the concentrations that are in the products and the minute amounts that you need, literally need to dose or the fact that you have to water the stuff down in small systems to be able to even use it in your system. I mean, that says a lot. Um, so... My whole thing with that was with, with my corals and what Chris was trying to help me achieve was how do we, how do our corals heal faster, grow faster from the time we cut them to be able to put them on the market? Our facility isn't that big when you break it all down for the amount of corals that we aquaculture. I mean, it, it, it's 
still blows my mind to, you know, to this day, what we're able to achieve out of the systems. Um, but he said, you know, seawater parameters are super important, you know, and I, and Chris never understood why people chase their alkalinity. He's like, I don't get that. He's like, alkalinity is, you know, 6.7 to 7.6 natural seawater. I mean, and in some areas that I've seen testing done down in the Keys, it was like 6.2, 6.1, you know, and why are we keeping our alkalinity at, you know, 8.3, 9.5? Why are we doing that? By chasing it with alkalinity buffers. Um, for one, that's a huge money pit because the alkalinity buffers that are mostly being used, they work. I'm, I, again, people twist my words all the time. I just get so irritated by it, by the fact that nobody talks about how they really don't stay in solution properly because there's nothing there to keep them together unless it's a proper blend of basically four different sodium salts or a combination of potassium salts and sodium salts. And all that means is you're going to be constantly dosing these buffers. And some of them can cause major issues over time, uh, concrete Sandbeds are a huge thing. I mean, people are finally starting to see what I've been saying for a long time. Most people don't go back under their rock structure and check their sand bed out that have been dosing soda ash. And two years of dosing soda ash in your tank, I'm sorry, but I guarantee you, if you're dosing soda ash and you're doing a lot of other things the way you're supposed to be doing them, that brick of concrete in your sand is going to be underneath of your rock structure because it doesn't get churned and stirred up. It just settles and turns into a brick. And that doesn't, that, that's, that's not right. That's not natural. That's not supposed to be. So my whole deal was, is, you know, I want my water to be just like the sea. You know, I'm still not past the whole, I keep my alkalinity at 8.3 and I don't like it going below, but I've had some Incidences where on a Saturday afternoon, when after I left, the CO2 bottle in my calcium reactor runs up. And I don't notice it until the next morning because, you know, I get my alkalinity test and I see it. And, okay, it, it drops a little bit. I see that my reactor's running, but there's nothing going into the reactor to drop the pH. So on Sunday afternoon, I'm going, oh, it didn't go up. Oh, it's still falling. Oh, we're at 6.7, 6.5 by Monday morning. And I'm going into the farm thinking I'm going to see some stressed out euphelias and stressed out corals. And they're all just like, thank you. This is the way it's supposed to be. My pH is 8.3. And now my, my now the, the water parameters, the, the alkalinity is where I'm used to, where I grew up in, you know, and I still go right back to my 8.3 mark <laughs> just because I had so many problems with things back in the day. And again, it's, it's hard to get it out of your psyche of, you know, when you have 20 years, 28 years of experience, like I do. And, you know, for literally 20 of those years, I chased my alkalinity and I get it. It's hard for people to wrap their heads around not worrying about what your alkalinity level is and focusing on your pH. So that's the reason why I use uh, potassium and sodium is because I farm corals for a living. And I want to get the best possible health and the best possible fastest production out of the corals. I've got a new release coming up and you got some pictures of it. It's the ACI Voodoo Magic. Um, it is blowing my mind that we cut this coral three weeks ago and they're encrusted onto the plugs over the glue and you can't even see the daggone glue. Um, 
I thought that's sick, dude. Started... It's got yellow polyps. Dude, it's retarded. <laughs> and, and that photo is good, but it's so much better in person. Um, when you look at the coral with the water flowing, it looks almost orange. Really? And then when you turn when you turn the water flow off and you look at it, you can see the subtle hints of pink and purple. And What's that under? The green. Light. Um, light. 20K radiums. There you go. And I just put all my T5s back up. I took the uh, stupid me. My manager, Daniel, was about kicking me in my rear end because he had to go through it and re-hang re lights again because I took out the uh, – and again, I love the reef bright accent strips. They're great. Yeah. But I noticed a huge difference in my corals after about five months of just having the the the, the 250 watt radiums over the, over the corals. They just weren't – they just weren't popping like they should, you know, and – I literally have these lights back up for a week and I see a difference in the coral colors already. I mean, Daniel came back this, uh, we did the one tank the week before and we just did the other tank this week on the farm system in the back. That's 2,500 gallons. And, um, he looked at the other side today and he's like, wow. He's like, it's only been like a week. He's like, I see a huge difference in these corals with the T5s back up. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, I told you not to take those things. I'm like, I know you did. I'm like, hey, I, I can admit when I was wrong, I should have listened to you. I said, but, you know, it's hard to, to convince me when I get a thing in my head that, you know, to convince me not to do it. He's like, next time, effing listen to me. So I don't have to do double the work. <laughs> All right. So, so go ahead, man. I, I don't want to cut you off. Well, I mean, I... I thought it was great when we had um, the first um, corals cut when the pH was no longer suppressed and we were holding at 8.29 for the first, you know, November of uh, 2020. And then um, I cut the, I remember this so well, the pink panther. Um, I wish I still had that coral. Anybody out I, there that has I, the I, I, pink I have it, dude. Oh, that's right. You do. I'll, I'm going right, to, I'm uh, going to show it in a video. I got, I got a video <laughs> of it. So, um, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait it's, to see uh, it. All right. It's, it's, uh, it's puddled out completely on the three by three inch tile and it's starting to shoot out little sprouts. I think it's the pink panther. You got to, when you, when I run it, you'll take a look. The coral lights are everything with that coral. The coral, it, it looks like a bottle brush tabletop. When it grows out, the coral lights are really thin and short and they're just super tiny. Um, like, take a piece of lead out of a pencil and that's about how big the coral lights are. Okay. And, but it's shaggy. I mean, the polyps are, they're white and pink, actually white and reds. Depends. <laughs> Mine took like forever to start doing anything. And so like the last, uh, I don't know, six, eight months, all of a sudden it's decided to like, uh, get up and go. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to get it back. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, dude. Um, so doghouse reefer, thank you so much for that super chat. Love the reef bump show. Love Meckley's hydroxide knowledge. My tank looks amazing after listening to Chris. So there you go. Thanks for listening. Yeah. That's one thing I have to say. And I'm going to say it right now. If you want to do my method, you better listen. Because if you don't listen, you're going to be frustrated. <laughs> and if you tell me, if you want my advice and you tell me you're doing exactly my method and then I get your rules and everything else and I've been helping, it's so frustrating for somebody to say they're doing things my way and they're doing it completely wrong. Because <laughs> one little rule change means you're not doing my way. <laughs> it's been perfected for two and a half years. It works. It works extremely well. If you want to reinvent the, the method, be my guest. I can't really help you with it because I don't have the time to sit and go through the process when I already know what I do and I know it works well. 
Well, I've, I've seen it firsthand, dude. And, um, you know, my pH is in the um, 8.2 to 8.5 range for both systems. You know, the growth is uh, awesome. off the hook crazy. And, uh, yeah, I don't worry about trying to dial in my alkalinity to, like, 8.5. You know, if it's yep. between, like, I mean, between 7 and 11, that's good. You know, I'm happier if it's between yeah. 8 and 10. But I'm not obsessing over it like I used to. I'm not sitting there playing with the, um, you know, with with the, you know, the um, the calcium reactor to try to like get up, get all that dialed. Then I'm just worried about the pH, man. I'm just worried about that pH, and and that's a steady. It's a steady, steady, steady with a cockwasser. I mean, I'm um, I'm only dosing probably in each system two gallons of cockwasser an evening. So that's not matching my evaporation. I'm pretty sure I'm evaporating more than that because I got one system's like 460 something gallons and one system's like 349 gallons. So I'm sure I'm evaporating more than that. But, you know, I think when people uh, reach out to me to ask about, you know, your method and what I say is, uh, all right, well, the key is to figure out what you're evaporating in a 24 hour period and try to squeeze that in overnight in the reverse uh, light cycle. But I'm like, you got to start slow. Go with like half of what you think that is. Start with half and see how that goes. And then you can kind of get up to where you need to be, depending on what you're seeing with that pH and, and the tank, right? You got to look at the corals. The corals are the, uh, that's a dead giveaway. They tell you everything you need to know. If you worry about a number and that number is not where you want it to be and your corals look absolutely ridiculous, that number means nothing. You know, and that's the problem with the industry nowadays is everybody's been instilled to chase their stupid numbers. Chase your pH. And make sure your calcium or your alkalinity does not fall below, you know, your comfort zone. Your make sure your, your calcium doesn't go below. And my what I tell people, just make sure your calcium doesn't go below 390. You know, if your calcium is rising because you don't have enough biomass of coral in there to to remove the calcium that's being added from the calcwasser, then you need to monitor your calcium more regularly. And you're still going to have to do water changes until your tank matures. Once your tank matures, I guarantee you'll be dosing calcium or using a calcium reactor. I mean, I use a calcium reactor and I'm still dosing calcium at least once or twice a month. And it's because my corals are growing so fast that my calcium reactor can't keep up. And the amount of caulk washer that I'm dosing, which in most of my systems is a minimum of like 12 gallons a night. And I've got my big system, which is about 20 to 25 gallons a night. And that amount of caulk washer and amount of calcium going into my system is massive. But the biomass in there is like, yeah, you're not giving me enough. You're <laughs> going to have to dose some more. So I've been going through a lot of calcium chloride lately. And I mean, I, my, my calcium reactors, are now that they're running more frequently, I'm going through a bottle of a 20-pound bottle of CO2 about every three to four months where – I was going through that before pH boosting. I was going through a bottle of, cal of a CO2 monthly and a full calcium reactor with 20 kilograms of media in it monthly. Yeah. You know, Expensive. that's a money pit in yeah. itself right there. I yeah. mean, think about that. I mean, I get the stuff from Julian and, you know, I, I've known Julian for a long time. So he sends me a lot of, of the media um, and I haven't even been able to get what I need because he hasn't been able to get what he needs. And I'm like, Julian, you got to get me at least one 20 kilogram box. I'm like, ah, I need to fill up one <laughs> reactor. Uh, the other ones, you know, I got another month or two, maybe three before I have to do anything. But please. You sound, you sound like <laughs> you're strung out on drugs, man. You're like hitting up your, your dealer. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about my corals, man. I just want my corals to be happy. I, you know, <laughs> that stresses me out more than a lot of things. 
you know, making sure I have the additives that I need to keep things dialed in is probably the biggest stress I have is making sure that the additives are here. Yeah. And I get complacent and I forget to look at my calcium chloride stockpile. Um, I actually looked at it today because I was like, I just added, I went through, uh, what, 15 kilograms of calcium chloride in the last three months. You know, anhydrous calcium chloride. That's a lot of freaking calcium chloride. I mean, an average reefer wouldn't go through that in their entire reefing career. No. <laughs> you know, um, I had to have Chris overnight me 15 kilograms because I'm afraid that I'm going to run out before I can get it on my next order. <laughs> Not overnight me, but ground yeah, it Yeah, 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 you know? quick. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks, uh, RT, uh, R2 Indy, for that super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, let's uh, let's remind folks about the two contests, dude. You know, maybe yes. uh, every uh, half an hour or something like that. We got So for those folks that are just tuning in or tuning in uh, after we talked about this, we got two contests going on. So Chris and I are rocking these... Uh, Reef bum, there we go, work shirts. And um, so yeah. some lucky viewers could actually win one of these with your own embroidered name on the, uh, on the work shirt. So the way this goes down is that um, if you reach out to me via the contact form of my website, which is reefbum.com slash contact, okay, put in the subject line work, work shirt giveaway. The 15th person that does that We'll, uh, we'll win the uh, customized Reef Bum work shirt. And uh, you can't submit multiple submissions. That's not going to count. I'm going to throw those right out. So um, <laughs> it's, it's got to be 15 unique individuals that reach out to me with the uh, work shirt giveaway in the subject line, U United States only. Now, the second really cool giveaway is the Jake's Corals giveaway that uh, that that Chris and Amanda have so um, generously uh, donated for this uh, live stream uh, the three corals are uh, crystal experiment it's the crystal experiment Jake can collected on the inshore reefs of um, the Great Barrier Reef and then you got the hardline hoax am I which Jake can collected on the outermost reefs of the Great Barrier Reef in crystal clear pristine Acropora reef territory um, and then it's the uh, coral that everybody wants to have, have that in their possession is the Jake Adams um, Immortal Tort. Um, that coral is um, absolutely amazing. I'm showing it right We've now. Got, uh, oh, yeah, you are? Yeah. That, it, which one did you show? I can't see it yet. It's, it's not it's, popping it'll up It'll pop yet, up in a few seconds. I know she took some pictures of the big, the big massive piece that we got. That's it. Yep. And then we got, um, I think, did she send you pictures of the smaller pieces that we have? Um, she might have. I Maybe. didn't have time to, like, uh, pull That colony. That colony. I tell you what. When I got it in January, when I was at the studio, um, it was uh, in really rough shape because I had to butcher the thing because of um, uh, everybody saw the, the, the pest problem that was out there that um, I was out there to help fix and correct that coral has come a long way, and that one little patch um, on the right side of it where it was dead, um, that was where all of the uh, flatworms were in the eggs. And I, I remember breaking it off of there, and then it receded a little bit more there, and um, now it's starting to finally encrust back over it. But that is uh, one stunning piece, and we're actually starting to finally get good branching going on that coral because it was just like a kind of a mound with all kinds of little nubs that were only like this big sticking up. Now they're starting to get about that big, but it's got yes. such irregular growth that 
they're almost growing into each other. So I'm like, I can't even frag it. I said to Daniel today, I'm like, how the heck are we supposed to ever frag this coral up so that we can honor Jake some more <laughs> and send it out to people? And he's like, we can sell boogers. I'm like, but then that makes me no different than some other yeah, people that yeah, I, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. always complain about. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but if I sold boogers, I'd sell them for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, all right, so folks, if uh, if you want to win Jake's corals, the uh, the uh, the ACI giveaway here, the twentieth person that contacts me via the contact form, this is the twentieth person since the start of this live stream, and um, again, refum.com slash contact. Put Jake's corals in the uh, in the subject um, header subject line if you want to enter that contest. So it's two separate contests. You can't put both like work shirt giveaway and Jake's corals <laughs> in the same header. I'm going to throw that right out. So, so it's got to be, you know, you can enter both contests. That's cool, right? But it's got to be separate uh, entries. Let's put it that way. Yep. You know? Sounds good. So, um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, is going to be awesome. So, uh, all right, dude, we've, uh, we've kind of like let – me, let me just get a couple of comments here from the, um, from the viewers. Um, Can I say something yeah, real quick? Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, uh, big shout-out to um, Jake's uh, widow, Windsor. And uh, the birth of uh, Reef Jacob Windsor Adams has uh, come to this world. And um, I'm hoping in a couple of weeks that I get to go visit the little guy. Um, but I uh, put a big smile on my face uh, the Tuesday that she, um, you know, said that uh, she sent me a picture at 6 a.m. And I think she said that she gave birth at 2.14 a.m. And at 6 a.m. I was getting a picture wow. of the little guy. I felt really... Uh, a special that she because uh, I think the day before I was messaging her going I keep waiting for the doggone message and the pictures <laughs> of baby Reef for baby Euphelia you know and, and of course here we go the, the next day it happened um, but uh, yeah Jake's uh, little little man was born and uh, I can't wait to be uh, a part of his life and uh, be able to give back some corals that uh, his daddy collected so that he can uh, keep them in uh, in uh, his aquarium as they as they uh, they, they uh, as he grows up and learns about reefing here here man here here that uh congrats windsor and uh yeah we uh we look forward to uh little reef's uh journey and and um hopefully it's in this world but you know hey you never know but uh that would be pretty cool very cool definitely yeah yeah well it's, oh, it's, it's, it's right. in his blood so yes <laughs> already <laughs> <laughs> so um what should we, all right so we um let's see what else oh comment wise all right so i wanted to talk uh, yes. just a couple of comments from the viewers here bert Minshew, ph is absolutely one of the biggest things with reefers running calcium reactors i'm always at uh, 8.2 to 8.6 without a calcium reactor calc uh, high par and oversized skimmer yeah can't go wrong with that uh combination um alex korea hey what's up there alex made it live What's up, Alex? Uh, hey, all working and listening. Precipitation occurs when pH is higher than 8.2 in normal conditions for a closed uh, system. If pipes have precipitation, please make sure to check the pumps. Nice shirts. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking at one of the comments here from a guy from Dustin. Um, Jer Minaro. I'm horrible with pronunciation. Sorry if I passed oh, yeah. that up. Um, I can get my SPS to grow very well. My pH, I can't, I can't get my SPS to grow very well. My pH is 7.9. My hammers and torches look good. Should I switch from two part to caulk? I tell everybody to switch from two part to caulk. Uh, caulk washer um, will take care of your pH and will take care of alkalinity at the same time in most cases. Okay. Every system is different. So 
if you go and watch, I mean, how many times have we talked about this on your on your show here, Keith? I mean, I, I think you were the first person I publicly talked about boosting suppressed pH back in 2020, um, at the end of 2020. Um, you know, uh, everybody's so worried about their alkalinity numbers, but they're not worried about their pH numbers. And 7.9 is not natural. Okay. If the oceans were at 7.9, I'm sorry, but we would all be in a world of hurt. Um, why are our reef tanks at 7.9? Why are our reef, reef tanks at, you know, 7.6 was what my tanks were. And I was in open air and, you know, uh, but you'll chase your alkalinity when alkalinity of natural seawater is at 6.7 to 7.6, but everybody's chasing it to 8.3, 8.9, 9.0, 10.0, you know, Kalkwasser will do it for you. Um, you know, my, my, my alkalinity went to, you know, actually, the one system that was running at like 13.6 for the longest time is now, I don't know what the heck's going on, but all of a sudden, um, you know, it's a wild coral system. I'm down to like 11.2. Mm. Um, and it's been staying steady at that for the last, you know, month and a half. Um, but my alkalinity was at 13.6 for damn near two years. Um, you know, so I didn't care about my alkalinity, but my pH stayed stable and your corals will tell you everything you need to know. If your corals are not growing, they're not happy with the suppressed pH that you have in your system. Dose Kalkwasser, and I can guarantee you that you will see a turnaround in every single coral. You think your torches look good now? <laughs> Dose some Kalkwasser. <laughs> you think your LPS, all your LPS look good? Dose some Kalkwasser. Get that pH up. Don't go above. Using Kalkwasser, do not go above 8.29 if your system allows you to with Kalkwasser without oversaturating your system with um, fresh water. If you can only peak out at 8.22, 8.21, 8.25, then leave it at that because naturally during the day, it'll rise up even more. But if your alkalinity is at 12, but your corals look ridiculous, don't try to correct your alkalinity. Keep your pH where it is because that's the reason why your corals are happy because they're finally in the, – there's no acid. The acid content of your water is reduced when your pH is not suppressed. It's less carbonic acid, which is less fighting against your other elements in your system. And you're just going to be happier with your system. And you're also going to save yourself a ton of money. I mean, my company spent a lot of money on calcium reactor media and two-part dosing. And the amount of money that we've saved, people could buy a daggone car with <laughs> in a year. I mean, and I'm being dead serious about that. When you handle 18,500 gallons and you're able to eliminate all of the things that were your money pit and just use Kalkwasser and the minor and traces, actually the minor and traces have slowly brought that number up a little bit. And I'm not saving as much as I used to, but my corals are growing faster than they ever did. So I'll take that because it offsets it. So I hope I answered your question, Dustin. <laughs> um, thank you so much for that super chat. Reef Exotica <laughs> by Luis Aceves. Luis, what's going on, man? How you doing? Love my comments. Love watching my amigo Meckley. You're a busy man. A uh, whole lot, Senor uh, Reef Bum. Great live. Can't wait to see you both again. Yeah, dude, you're, you're making the rounds, man. You're uh, Reef Therapy uh, this week. Uh, you've been on Reef Dudes. You're on Mark Levinson's show. We're getting a lot of Chris Meckley uh, lately, and that's a good thing, dude. I mean, the more the better in my view. But uh, Is it? Is it a good or, thing? Or, or is this too much? Is it too much, Chris Meckley? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the haters will let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will. But we could just block okay. them, you know. Let's uh, just do that. Or just not say anything. Not say anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the best way to go is when you just let them talk. Yeah, yeah. Let them. Um, 
Mr. Reeves, save. Thank you so much for that super chat. <laughs> Just popping in to say hi. We have company tonight. I'll catch you on the podcast, Chris. I'm, um, How you doing, Bob? Uh, Rob of State, New York. Thank you, man, so much for that very generous super chat. Thank you both for sharing the uh, for the knowledge. Wow, we're getting a lot of generosity tonight. I think it's because we're giving away wow. we're giving away stuff, right? I mean, hey, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, oh, there, there was a question here. Um, John Wright, reef bum in the UK. We can only get ninety eight percent calcium hydroxide. Is that safe to use? As you have strong views on which one you use, I think that's directed towards you, Chris. I mean, ninety eight percent. You know, that sounds about um, correct for say the grading for USP that we use in here. Um, when you go above uh, the ninety eight point five percent. Which is, I think, no, not ours is. I think we're using ninety-eight point seven percent because once you go above that, then you're talking about um, AES grade, which is just completely refined and it's just straight up calcium hydroxide. It's not affordable. I mean, the process involved with with fine uh, refining calcwasser calcium hydroxide to ninety-nine point nine or one hundred percent purity is is just super expensive and there's not i mean i can't afford to use it so i'd say your 98 percent is probably good the only thing you need to do is you know and nobody talks about this you know you you put cheap pickling lime that you buy at the grocery store in your tank it'll work guarantee you it'll work but when your aluminum level starts rising in your tank and your and all of a sudden your coral shut down because your aluminum level got toxic um it's because you use cheap grade caulkwasser um, the purity of the caulkwasser is everything because aluminum can build very quickly in your system if it's cheap and it's not high quality. Um, I'm not going to mention any names or any brands, but I do know of a lot of people that are using something other than what I use, which is the Captivate um, caulkwasser. And, you know, they didn't believe what I had to say about uh, the purity of it because they wanted to buy the cheapest stuff that they could get their hands on. And, they had an aluminum level build up and they had to stop dosing caulkwasser until they got that corrected, which is not easy to do. Water changes will do it. The best way to do it is to have yourself a good algae scrubber on your tank because that's something that's utilized in photosynthesis. Um, some more comments. Skinner JW. Hey, guys, I switched to caulk three months ago. The difference is insane. The skeletons are outpacing the tissue. At first, I thought they were STNing. <laughs> Uh, Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that, that is a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> Dustin, Chris should start a YouTube channel. He's always on the cutting edge. You know, we forgot to mention uh, one other uh, channel Reef you're on. Reef, uh, Reef AgriScience. On uh, the Captivate Aquaculture YouTube channel. Well, Reef AgriScience is also a channel, and then oh, Captivate right. Aquaculture has their channel. And um, I don't know why. We've been so busy. We haven't gotten around to uh, posting the Reef AgriScience series on the ACI YouTube channel. Um, we've had that YouTube channel for a long time, but, um, we're so doggone busy that we haven't really done anything with it. Um, it's about time to start Just set up a, uh, set up a live cam on that channel for the, uh, on the coral farm. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. As a matter of fact, um, I, uh, I wanted to do a live cam to on, on my Ghanis because, uh, um, it's so cool in the morning to see them all closed up and then, you know, watching them slowly open up and checking on them every, uh, like half an hour, and watching them um, open is really cool. That's actually a really good idea. Just do a live cam on. Uh, uh, okay, that's that's not a bad idea. Can you you can do a live ch- a live cam all twenty four seven on the I, YouTube channel? Yeah, I'm doing it. I can help you out. I could I could teach you how. 
Well, we could do that, and I could just change the change the where the where the. Oh my yeah, gosh! You could you know point I mean? it to different uh, parts of the farm. There's actually <laughs> oh they gosh. make you know they're, they're expensive. But they actually make live webcams that uh, will you know automatically move from one spot to the next. Um, yeah, like every GoPro up. There's a special camera that uh, is like an IP network camera that I could, uh, you know, like 300 bucks and you're pretty, uh, and, and then like a couple hundred dollars of software and you're good to go. That's yeah, so 24 cool. seven on YouTube. Well, that'd be really cool because in uh, the farm systems, you don't even realize how many fish are actually in those systems until you're actually back there with the flow off and having a cam in the water all the time for people to check out. That would be really, and I could do a different position in my place for every day of the year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would be insane. I've, I've got a live webcam right. on like one one uh, tank, and it's just fixed there, and it's like nobody watches it. But I have seen it. I have seen it. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing it pop up. I did take a look at it the one day. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, very um, cool. Andy Bauma, uh, Chris, how do you run the Meckley method if you do not evaporate tons of water per day? That's a good question. You put a fan over your sump and start evaporating more water. <laughs> Seriously, I had people that were having, you know, um, in a 200 gallon tank, just literally only one liter of water that they had to dose. It was not working. And um, they were trying to figure out how to make it better. And I said, either uh, tie into your AC duct and bring a small portion of your AC duct over to your sump or over to your canopy or over to the top of your aquarium and allow that cooler air to be blown over top of it. And that's the best way to evaporate your water is to have a fan or AC duct blowing over top of your tank or your sump. I mean, you can go to Walmart and buy a cheap, you know, clip on desk fan that costs you $9.99. And when the salt water destroys it, you go buy a new one, you know, and you can put that, that just a fan that's blowing consistent air over your water will make a world of difference. And I learned a lot of new things as well. The reason why people don't evaporate water these days is because everybody wants their damn aquariums to be silent. So when you make your aquarium silent, you don't have any air interaction with the water when it drains out of your aquarium. Mm. So all this technology and all these thought processes are actually um, suffocating our corals if you, want to, if you want to really think about it in a way that is accurate. When you silence your drains to the point where you don't hear them, you're suffocating your aquarium. Because you're trapping all of that CO2 in your water because a protein skimmer is your biggest algae scrubber. I'm sorry, uh, biggest CO2 scrubber. So your drains also act as a minor CO2 scrubber. Why? Because when the water falls through the drains, it mixes with the air in the drains because the drains shouldn't run solid unless you want a silent aquarium. And then you have a gate valve and that keeps it from making the noise. And then you have a pipe that goes into the water, into your filter sock, which eliminates the noise and doesn't allow any water to fall through the air, which suppresses your pH because it traps the CO2. And it just clicked to me. I don't know. Is it last week? I've been helping this guy for like eight months. And if I didn't really like this guy, I'd have gave up on him a long ass time ago because he's the only guy that I cannot get to get the pH from being above. But it, it was when I told him to pull the pipes out of his bulkheads that were going into his sump and just let the water fall from the bulkhead into his socks. The pH went from dosing cockwasser, overdosing it because it was only getting a peak of 8.09, a valley of 7.85. 
And I'm going, this is not making any freaking sense to me. And I'm like, finally, one day I was like, dude, do you have a silent aquarium? And he told me yes. And I'm like, dude, show me your tank. I said, you see those two pipes? Pull them right now. But it'll make too much noise. My wife will get mad. I'm like, so you're going to have to live with it. <laughs> you're going to have to live with it. You know, it's in a laundry room. So you only hear it when you're in there. You're not going to hear it out in your house. The next day, his pH went all the way up to 8.16 and valued out at 8.05. Then his caulkwaster started kicking in. Yeah. And it started going up. It started going up. And it started going up. I could go into the apex. He gave me access to his apex so that I could monitor his damn aquarium for him. And now his peak today was 8.24. Nice. And all he did was pull those stupid pipes going into his filter socks that's all he did to silence the uh to the silence the strings. yeah 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 and he pulled them and he's like my wife's not even upset about it it's not even that noisy i'm like i'm sure it's not i'm like but that right there i can't believe what that did for your aquarium i said now after seeing his whole plumbing situation i'm like oh my god i'm like you need to really fix some problems his drain lines go to the floor then they have to go back up and then down into the into the sump so it goes down to the floor back up to the sump and back down into the into the sump i'm like that's another problem you can't have water being forced that's why it sounds like your tank is gurgling yeah and that's why your gate valve has to be used and so he's fixing that this weekend i bet you he gets to be able to get his i bet you his ph peaks out at like 8.35 during the day after he's done fixing the drain lines and everything so do not silence your tank 100 percent. you're suffocating it your uh your wife is pissed at me because of the live webcam idea <laughs> He's like, stop putting me to work, Keith. <laughs> but you got you got a uh, you got a uh, an offer of help here, Doghouse Reefer. I'll help you run your YouTube, Chris. I'll help with content, getting your subs and views up. I'm only 35 minutes from your farm, and I'll work for corals. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, one last. Shoot me an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh one last uh well not one last but uh, another comment from the chat and then we're gonna get it we gotta we gotta like start talking about corals man I know, we got so much to talk about we haven't talked about anything yet. um dustin's got <laughs> another comment uh question will my phosphates drop rapidly or should i worry about an alk spike with calc should i just let that uh happen since ph is the main focus don't worry about your numbers look at your corals just look at your corals your corals will tell you everything you need to know that's all you need to know about this method. If you have a high phosphate level, I will guarantee you, your, your, your alkalinity is probably going to go higher than it will in a, in a system with low phosphates. But your corals will tell you if that's bothering them. And what's up, Kitty? Willow. <laughs> um, um, my phosphates in the system that was at 13.6, my phosphates in that system were always at least 1 to 1.3 parts per million. And we balance low, very low light when we have high nutrients. And that's the key is balancing your light with your nutrients. Um, so bottom line, if your alkalinity spikes and your phosphates are high um, and your corals look spectacular, who cares? Seriously, why, why waste any more thought on it until your corals tell you something otherwise? I mean, wait, don't waste your time thinking about something that is nothing when your amazing cor when your corals look beautiful and are better than they ever looked. Because I can guarantee you, everybody that does what we do is like, I cannot believe I'm not worried about my alkalinity at 11.9 and my pH is at 8.26 and my corals look stupid. 
like colors that they've never seen in corals before. Just, I love it. I love and, it. It's, and you know what, you know, something that um, is really, really important on a daily basis is um, just spending a lot of time watching your corals because the yes. more you do that, the more you can pick up little, um, you know, nuances in terms of whether or not they're on or they're off. And um, if you're not spending time with your, um, with your tank, checking out your corals and being able to discern in terms of when your tank is doing awesome, when your tank is maybe starting to kind of um, take a bit of a turn or at least a coral or two, you know, there's always like those canaries in the coal mine that will uh, stand out and kind of uh, flag potential uh, trouble. So yeah, I, I think it's really important to emphasize that um, spend as much time as possible just watching that tank and watching the corals. So you're um, the expert in terms of what they uh, look like when they're feeling good and when they're not feeling so good. I mean, it is all about the corals, right? The whole reason why we have a reef aquarium is because we love the corals, right? We don't love chasing numbers. Why are you making it difficult? Reefing is so much easier than what the reefing um, world makes it out to be. Uh, I mean, focus on your corals. That's all you got to do. Dose caulkwasser, observe your corals, and you're going to have a much less stressful reefing experience. What makes me upset about this industry is it's all about the, the newest and greatest fad, the newest and greatest piece of equipment. Does that really matter? I mean, in, in all reality, does it matter? Or do your corals matter? I could give a, I could care less about any fancy smancy new piece of equipment that's on the market. Is it cool? Is it something that could be beneficial? I'm sure. But with what we're doing, I don't need any of that fancy equipment. It's the most basic, simple setup because it's been proven for 40 years to work. Yeah. And the, we, the wheel's been reinvented, but all it's been reinvented for is for marketing and the evil dollar, in my opinion. People can criticize me for that all they want, but... If you're in this for all the fancy smancy gear, it's hey, the, the cat uh, knocked your mic over. <laughs> knocking over my mic. <laughs> <laughs> if the gear is what gets you going, you know the focus should be on the corals. Why is it focused on the gear? You know, I, I just I, I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around the gear and all this expensive gear. You know, I run metal halides and T5s. You know, I could light up a a hundred and a two hundred and ten gallon aquarium for less than a thousand bucks, where if you're gonna go with all these crazy expensive lights that you know, I've proven to not be as beneficial for farming, it would cost me $250,000 to put Ecotech lights up over my systems. I mean, who's got that kind of money? I don't. Yeah, yeah. And who's got the, the, you know, I don't have the ability to sit there and program the doggone things. Turn it on, turn it off, close <laughs> the corals. That's all I care about. Turn it on, turn it off. Do a dosing pump to dose your cockwaster. Put your calcium reactor on a uh, on the on the apex or your controller, and keep it simple. And you're, and you're good to go. Uh, great bearded reef, Paul. I spend close to two hours per day at different intervals looking at my corals. Yeah, there you go. Good. There you go. I spend a lot more time than I looking at corals. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, dude. So let's uh, speaking of corals, let's let's get into. Uh, we got a, like a lot of video to go through and some pictures, some really cool pictures and videos. So. Back in um, November of 2022, last November, right, I sent you 10 frags that, yes. um, that you uh, put um, in your uh, grow out on the farm there, right? So um, I think what, um, 
maybe we should like go through each one. So basically what uh, we're going to be showing is for like each of these frags is a, a video of the frag before I sent it to Chris. Then it's a picture of today. I guess it's today. It's in the ACI facility, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the uh, the lighting difference between the two, the video and the pictures, it's it's not you know it's not um, comparable in terms of being the same kind of um, lighting in terms of the picture what it's lit under or the video which is lit under, so it, it it can be a little hard to kind of tell in terms of the difference between the two. And then following that is a um, some video that I've got from my tanks in terms of the mother colonies, pretty much present day video of the mother colony. So let's start with the uh, the home wrecker. And um, so this was the nice chunky uh, home wrecker frag that I sent Chris. I don't even know which one the home wrecker is anymore. Like I look at it and I'm like, maybe it is the home wrecker. I don't so know. I, but then I, this one over I, here. I took a leap of faith, man, in that picture that we just saw there. And I was like, I think that's a home wrecker, but I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, the Jackson's rainbow, when you, the, the picture. Oh, you're you getting ahead of yourself, Chris. We're, we're talking home wrecker. Oh. I got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The home wrecker. Oh gosh, I don't know if that's the home wrecker or not. I don't know. It's either that or the Walt Disney, right? Um. Yeah. I wasn't positive. That's. I'm not a hundred percent. You know, uh, it, it's still a fragment, but it's fine. I mean, it's really starting to get thick and chunky. Um, even though they were pretty chunky when you sent them to me, but um, after seeing the photos of what they look like when you sent them and what they look like today, I'm just going, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the, you know, so the home wrecker is, um, it grows pretty at a pretty good clip for me, you know, and, and I think that's one of the rainbow tenuous out there that is really, uh, I mean, listen, it, it ain't a cheap, brag in the retail world you know it's um it de definitely commands a premium premium price but i think you know what that's like one of those corals that actually kind of deserves premium pricing um and it's um especially not as proven in captivity right right you know that's the key right you know and so i, I think it's a um it's it's definitely proven to be a very hardy coral for me it does both well under halides and leds i've found um you know, so I think that's a very well-traveled uh, coral. And yeah, dude, looks like it's in uh, good hands in your facility. It's looking really good. I mean, and I, and I've talked to Jason Fox about it many times, and he had it in, under LEDs. He had it under just T5s. He had it under metal halides, and he doesn't have it anywhere but under metal halides anymore because it's just much, much happier and healthier under the metal halides. Um I like Jason and his, his – he's got some weird methods the way he does things. But Water changes, he does have a, water changes, water changes. I, hey, if that's what's your thing, that's your thing. You know, there's so many different ways to reef. That I just hate water changes. I'm so happy I don't even do them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with, with all your gallons, dude, that gets a little pricey. Very. 1,800 gallons a week at 10% would be a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, next up we got the Sexy Corals Orange Passion. So this is the frag that I sent to um, to Chris back in November. Nice little uh, chunky orange uh, passions. And this is the picture. I think that's the orange passion when you see it, Chris, come in your, uh, on your feed there. You'll, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the orange passion. And then this is like some mother colony um, shots yeah. of, the, uh, of the coral. And again, it's one of those rainbow tenuous that um, I think is definitely worthy of the hype. It's been around for a long time. The green is still super intense, and so is the uh, the blue. Uh, that one right there is the 
that was the Jacksons. Is that the Jackson? Did I mix that this up? Turned, it turned so insane blue. No, all right, no. The Jackson, I got I got it right then. It's coming up in the Jackson video when I uh, show it. You'll see it. I got I, okay. that, that, I think, So I think that was the Sexy Coral's Orange Passion that you have in your facility. Okay. Yeah, because they, they, okay. there's another one that's bluer that I thought was a Jackson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. which is looking pretty sick. So, um, you know what I noticed with the, uh, the Sexy Coral's Orange Passion is when I started do dosing fluoride, they had blue tips blue. really just started coming out. That's, you know, was like, wow. That was one coral where I saw, like, wow, that's a change. And I didn't change anything else except for starting to dose fluoride. You know, the, the, the fluoride dosing has definitely helped. And, and, and um, I, I, I dose it on a daily basis, but I dose minute amounts of it because I'm still scared of it because I can't, you know, unfortunately the MS is uh, working, but it's not dialed in properly. And once I can get the uh, fluoride results, and I hopefully I'm not um, you're, elevated. You're talking. You're talking about uh, Reef Labs and the uh, the MS yes. um, spectrometer yes. with the ICP testing and the mass spec. Yes. Yes, mass spec. Yep. So it's coming up. I mean, um, he's hoping to have it dialed in to to launch it for his anniversary of being um, launched for two years. Uh, hopefully, we can get that to happen. I know he had to get um, some a new piece of equipment that. Uh, um, is there, and I know he's been using it, but the fluoride is definitely something we need to, um, do, you know, be testing. Do you want to talk about the cool uh, new test that's uh, going to be available uh, when that? We'll, we'll touch on that after we do the. All right. Uh, okay. After we finish these calls, right. we'll touch All that right. at the very end All for right. sure. All right. <laughs> Next up is, um, well, this is about as uh, old school as it gets, and about as cool as it gets. The uh, Tyree Purple Monster. So uh, yes. this is the uh, the video of the frag that I sent uh, Chris. And there it is on the <laughs> tile. It's green, dude. What happened? It uh, turned green on you. <laughs> it's what's with the light. My 10K, uh, there's new 400-watt HQIs. And that's my mother that colony up. right there. Yeah. The new 400-watt HQIs that I put up um, really started to darken it. And one of the lights went out. And, um, well, I had to, I grabbed the new lamp and didn't look at what it was because I got a whole bunch of 400 watt HQIs in a couple of, uh, like a month or two ago. Um, bought a whole bunch of them cheap. I was so happy. I got enough to last me for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it uh, it darkened up. And um, when I put the new lamp over it, it was a, a higher Kelvin spectrum and it went all the way back to green. So, like I said to you earlier in the week, I need to get that thing up on its pedestal that I want to put it on. But I, I, I tried to put it there. It fell over and I was worried. So I moved it off to the side. Once I get that thing directly under that light and it's like three inches below the water and getting smashed by a 400 watt HQI bulb. Um, and I don't know if anybody really knows what a 400, H, 400 watt yeah. HQI bulb is. I mean, a 400 watt radium bulb is a mogul bulb. That bulb is intense. You know, that's super super intense metal halide lighting. Now a 400 watt HQI gives you almost two thirds more output of light. So when you think of a 400 watt radium versus a 400 watt HQI, which you can't get in radium or in the radium bulb, um, especially running a 10 K like we were running, it's wow. You're, are you, mean, you're talking about those double ended HQI bulbs? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And most people know the 250-watt HQIs. Yeah. Um, the, the 400s never really took off because they really are just so damn intense. Most people couldn't use them over a two-foot-tall aquarium. Um, it, it just cooks things. Um, it's like most people don't ever use a 1,000-watt metal halide bulb. Um, you know, although I've got about a half a dozen. 
no, I got a half a dozen of them coming. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. So uh, oof. we'll see what my electric bill does when I, once I get all um, not eight of those uh, halides up over the new acro farm system. Um, <laughs> Dude, here's a uh, here's a really important question, and we'll interrupt this coral discussion for this question. Will M, how how do I encourage my LFS to buy your corals so I can get them? Um, tell them I'll give them 10% on their first order because you told them to buy from me. Nice. And then they'll be hooked. Nice. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to sound <laughs> – I just aimed to please. Champion Lighting Supply, we got more cheap bulbs if you need them, Chris. <laughs> yes, I know. Todd, I will be in touch with you soon, sir. <laughs> All right, back to the coral discussion. So um, I that last uh, – that last clip I was showing, the, the last like purple monster frag that uh, was shown, that actually was in my LED uh, tank. And my my um, that frag in my LED under LEDs is actually a lot more purple than than the uh, the mother colony I've got under halides. And that's because um, it's getting hit by more par with the LEDs versus the uh, versus the halides. That's why I moved it. Yeah. So I think that's the <laughs> that's the key with that coral, man. But uh, it is such a cool coral because it, there there are a lot of um, you know, um, I think, yeah, I guess you call them fakes out there. Maybe there's, there's a lot of people that are, um, mislabeling the Tyree original purple monster. The one dead giveaway is that, um, it will have white polyps, you know, in, in the clip that, um, I was showing there, it didn't seem obvious that all the polyps were white, but there were some white, um, polyps in, in certain, um, branches and certain tips. So that's uh, that's one thing you got to look for is uh, at least some some white polyps on that uh, purple monster. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But it is a uh, it is a super super slow grower and and I'm so glad, dude, you've got that piece because <laughs> more people uh, you know need that uh, coral and it's just it's a it's a great coral to uh, to keep uh, you know alive in the hobby and and I know that um, Jake. Went out on a mission. I don't know if we talked about this during our last live stream. We did with uh, Triton and Unique Corals and, and and Jake, Tim Kelly. Yep, and they collected. Uh, they yeah. they went in search of the original purple monster, and they they collected what they thought might have been it, but they couldn't tell unless there was like DNA testing. It was, but they also collected, I think, some blue monsters and and some other uh, really neat stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 really tough to find that coral with the direct lineage to. Uh, to the original Tyree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I thank you for, for getting that to me. And, um, at this rate, if it doesn't start growing soon, it might be 10 years till I have enough available to sell in the market. <laughs> I almost did a spit take there. <laughs> I, saw that. <laughs> I mean, I've got some slow growing corals, but wow. Um, and I think it's adjustment period too, for me. Um, you know, it was in your system, you know, getting to me, you know, and I've been playing around moving in here and there to see what where I like it the best. And I just need to learn to just let the daggone thing sit. And now that I have it in the sump, once I get it put onto its new uh, resting place, um, I won't touch it. Yeah. I'll just yeah. let it sit there. Leave it alone. Yeah. So hopefully it'll, it'll start taking off. And hopefully next time we do a live stream together, I can show you the thing encrusting onto the daggone tile I have it. Yeah. To. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it will, dude. Um BC Hyperberry was another frag I sent you. I sent you a nice um, chunky of the BC Hyperberry. I would have to say this is like one of the nicest uh, shortcakes out there. Microclonus, yep. Yep, you know, and there it is. Uh, there's a picture of yours on the farm there on the tile, and it looks very, very happy. Here's a uh, more video of my um, – I lost my mother colony, actually. And let's let's talk Ooh. about this. Uh, so let's talk about this, Coral, because mine – This is the frag that you sent me, correct? Yeah, I sent you that frag. 
um, you know, that's that's a that's an older shot of the mother colony that I did lose, but I I saved it in a, in a couple places. But I had frags, and this happened to you, right? So a yes. lot of my frags. That's why it's not that nice, right? A lot of my frags, and even that mother colony before I lost it. Well, I fragged the, the crap out of the shit out of that mother colony because it browned out on me, and it was weird because. I had that um, colony in a frag tank that was connected to my display tank. And in my display tank, I had a, a frag of the hyperberry that did not brown out. The colony in the connected frag tank did brown out. Then I, I, I fragged the crap out of it. And then frags in another frag tank connected to the whole system. Those frags browned out. I was able to actually salvage, you know, one of those um, frags. And um, so it was a brown frag in my display tank that I salvaged. And then um, about six weeks ago, it started coloring back up again. And the same thing happened to you, right? Exactly the same thing happened to me. I remember Andreas was looking at me. He's like, Chris, what's going on with this coral? What's wrong with it? And I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, it's dead. That's algae. I'm like, no. I'm like, don't, 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 don't touch it. Leave it alone. So I picked, I said, here, when you think a coral, an acro is dead, pick it up and smell it. That sweet acro smell. And if you don't like Acroporous smell, you don't love corals. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but that sweet smell of an Acropora that's alive, it smelled perfect. And I'm just like, I don't know what happened to it. And then I found out that you had the same exact issue. And literally, it was probably six weeks ago that I started getting red back in the very tips and the green started coming back in the, in the, in the tips. And you saw the, the picture of it as of today. I mean, it's not back 100%. I mean, it's not like it was the day you sent it to me back in November. It's definitely still got a little bit of time to get that yeah. lighter green color back to it. It's more of a darker green with the with the, with the red. But phew, it's so weird that it happened to you and to me virtually at the same time. And you're 1,500 miles north of me. <laughs> and then they both bounce back. You know, go explain that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't understand it. And it was like the only coral in my system that browned out. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> I what? thought I actually, I thought that we had somehow where another introduced flatworms or we had somehow introduced bread bugs because that's a sure, it's a telltale sign if your coral's starting to lose its color, you better inspect it because there could be a pest on it. Right. And I'm like, there's no way that this pests are in here. There's no, there's no way. And I'm like looking at everything and I'm picking up every freaking coral in the aquarium going, I don't see anything. <laughs> What's going on with you? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and that's like the mystery, man, right? And these, uh, the acros in terms of like, you know, why do you get brownouts and what for some corals and, and others you don't, you know, it, there's so many different variables that are in play that it's so, so tough to kind of, you know, to be the detective and figure that stuff out. We're playing mother nature in a box. I mean, you know, let's try to do what Mother Nature does to the best of our ability. And I still can guarantee you it's not going to always be a success. No. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, be mindful of, uh, of everything you do. I mean, it could have been it could have been, it been you, you forgot to wash your hands. And for whatever reason, something came in that just stressed that one coral out. I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, we'll never know why mine and yours browned out basically at the same time and came back basically at the same time. It's fascinating and it's a talking point. You know, I'll talk about that for years yeah. because I'll never figure out what happened to it. And you probably never will either. I, I, I guess those corals are connected cosmically somehow. I don't know. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they say a fungus growing in Florida can communicate with a fungus growing in Vermont. There you go, man. I, you know, 
that's a <laughs> well before humans got involved and put their highways in and dug up the roads you know we destroyed all that interconnecting you know fungi what is the i forget what it's called um it's been proven though uh, anyway, um, slick reaping <laughs> microcladis brown out on me in different areas randomly in different tanks and take forever to get the colors back, but they don't stop growing when they're tan. And that, I mean, you mentioned it, Chris. That's that's the key. Is like if if your coral browns out on it on you, don't touch it. Just leave it be. It's still alive. I had I had a uh, a gorgeous pink millie brown out on me overnight, and I um you know I was definitely um crying over that one, but I I didn't touch it and. It, it returned to its glory, you know? So yep. I think that that's a really key thing to talk about is that, um, you know, people that look at, uh, you know, their tank and you got some frags that all of a sudden are going downhill and they're not looking good. There's like bad polyp extension, you know? And I think the initial gut feeling is like, I'm going to pull that thing out of there and replace it with something else that um, is, you know, looks beautiful and it's got great polyp extension and what have you. But, you know, I think that's a bad idea because there's, there's something systemic probably in that tank that's causing that coral to do that. And um, once you figure out that problem and that coral is not dead, it will come back. It will come back, it will. you know? Well, you know. And it's the same thing with wild imports. You know, we import wild corals. And, um, you know, years and years ago, we used to have issues with, you know, all Acroporas after they've been in our facility for, you know, three to four weeks, you know, they'd just start losing the color and turn brown. And people are like, oh, I don't want that brown turd. I'm like, you know what? When I was a hobbyist 20 years ago, just a hobbyist, I would go to LFS and look for the brown turds because they're already at their worst point in life. When I bring them back to good conditions, all I have is, an, is improvement from that point on. I remember a, a, a friend of mine used to go around to all the shops and buy every brown coral he could buy. And he got the most amazing Superman Monty from a brown, fully polyped out, fully healthy coral. He paid $10 mm. for it. And it was a colony. And it turned out to be Superman Monty. Bright blue base, bright red polyps. And he has gotten many other ones. He had one that was a poker star, one that was a rainbow. You know, just brown corals. You know, if you got an LFS locally and you're listening to this right now, and they got brown corals, say they're going to want to get rid of them because they don't want to see a whole bunch of brown corals in their tank. Just say, hey, what do you want for this brown coral? Why do you want that? Because what are you going to sell it to me for? They're going to either give it to you or they're going to sell it to you at their cost of what they paid for the coral or they're going to dump it way below their cost just to get the yeah. space back. And then you can enjoy the, the, the transformation of a coral into the beauty that it will turn, that it will turn back into because we don't import ugly corals. <laughs> You know, I mean, why would I import a bunch of ugly corals? It doesn't make any sense. They just change when they get in captivity. And I used to have a brownout sale. I'd sell wholesale, acro colonies wholesale for 30 bucks. Brown frowns, need some love. <laughs> and people would freaking flock and they'd buy them up left and right. And I'd get photos back in, you know, four or five, six months later going, check out that brownout you sold me. I'm like, I'm glad you're happy with it. <laughs> I was just happy to give it a good home. Yeah. You know? um, all right. Let's let's remind folks about the two contests that are going on again, just uh, in case anybody didn't hear about the uh, what we're what we're doing here. So uh, both uh, both Chris and I are sporting the uh, the reef foam work shirts, and um, so we're we're giving one of these away. And and uh, the person that wins this uh, work shirt will get their name embroidered on the front. So it'll be really cool. 
and it's a high quality shirt, right, Chris? You're loving that shirt. You're right. Uh, it is. I love it. I mean, I'm actually sitting here yeah, you're comfortable. comfortable. Um, so yeah, yeah, the way that works is that um, the 15th person that uh, contacts me via the uh, contact form on the refund website, so refund.com/contact, put work shirt giveaway in the subject header, and um, multiple submissions do not count. Only U.S. only, and um, this is a, a separate contest. So you got to make sure that you, you can't enter the two contests in one uh, submission. And then the other is a really cool. This is this is a lot cooler, I think, dude. The uh, the J Coral uh, giveaway. So uh, Chris and Amanda have generously uh, donated three corals from Jake, uh, who collected uh, those corals, and uh, they are the. Uh, uh, crystal experiment, the hoax am I? It's yeah. Go ahead. I forgot the third one. <laughs> oh, it's it's oh, uh, the immortal torch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Jake Adams crystal experiment collected in the insular reefs. Um, the uh, hardline hoax am I collected on the outermost parts of the reef of the Great Barrier Reef, and then the um, immortal tort, which. Yeah, all you got to do is go through and search reef builders, search immortal tort reef builders, and he can actually show you. There's a photo of Jake literally seconds after he plucked it off of the reef. Um, so that coral was first touched by a human being. Jake That's Adams. so cool. And then um, it is, it's, and, and, and we've got a good amount of it and the studio is chocked full of it. I mean, I made sure that there was so much um, immortal tort, you know, you know, there in the tanks, you know, that, you know, and if, if anything ever happened to it, it's always going to be sent back to the studio. It'll always be a That's part awesome. of the studio. So, yeah, the 20th person that contacts me via the uh, refund.com slash contact form and puts Jake's corals in the uh, subject line, the 20th person that contacts me will uh, be the lucky winner of those uh, three corals. And that's so freaking cool, Chris. Um, all right. Uh, back, to, uh, back to corals. Cherry Bomb. The Two guy corals, uh, cherry bomb. So this is a um, this is a uh, a red uh, cherry tenuous that uh, you don't see too often. It's so yeah. nice. <laughs> Yours looks tight. Be very I'm happy, dude. Wow. I mean, uh, the growth has really started to go on that coral. Um, and you know, when you sent it to me, you know, I've got a lot of cherry bomb lookalikes. Um. But I will tell you this, now that this thing is over the original frag plug that I glued down and starting to encrust, um, I think I'm going to stab it. Oh, um, stabbing. To get that, oh, got to <laughs> stab it. I stabbed a couple corals about a month ago that were just crusters, and I'm so glad I did. Um, I actually went, <laughs> was digging into it. I'm like, you won't grow up. You know, and uh, they're starting to grow branches up and everything already. So um, the stabbing method really does work. <laughs> um, but I think I'll let that one puddle for about another half inch to a three quarters of an inch. And if it doesn't start shooting some branches up, I'll, I'll, I'll manipulate we'll it a little it bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, this is such a cool uh, Millie, man, the uh, cherry pie Millie. So that's a uh, video of the uh, the frag before I sent it to Chris. I think that's that's got to be it on your tile right there. I'm assuming that I, I made that leap of faith there that that's a cherry pie. And here's a uh, colony shot of my tank um, a few months ago. No, oh, that's more than a few months ago. My, my colony's gotten huge. 
Yeah, you know how I was able to tell which one of these corals was the cherry pie was because it had exactly the same amount of tips growing on it, but they were just yeah. a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did go look at the colony in the back, in the in the, the main colony in the farm, and um, my goodness, it is the reddest red coral. I mean, it's so daggone red. I mean, I mean, I thought that the red planet was a beautiful red coral, but this coral does not have green in it at no. all. It is just freaking yeah. red with those and and like somebody was saying earlier you know the growth tips are it's like growing faster than the pigment yes. can actually come yeah. into the growth and it looks like the tips are burnt from alkalinity burn but it is a hundred percent just white because it's growing so quickly um very cool coral um i just wish mine would grow a little bit faster for the piece that you sent back to me um it's uh yeah i thought that i lost it remember that's why you sent it yeah. back yeah, I you actually, found I have it. it, but that was Ian. Ian. Ian had clouded my mind of all where all my <laughs> colonies were. I, I thought I, I didn't think I had the, the the pink the pink spath. I didn't think I had the cherry bomb, um, and I had both of them in the back. They had just completely browned out. And now that um, we've gotten that system in the back completely under control, it's like wow, the colors are just mind blowing. Well, I'm a llama coral, Remy. What's up, man? The comments, nice shirt. <laughs> What's up, man? Remy, man, one of those shirts can be yours if you want to enter the contest. <laughs> if it has yeah, already it been might won. have already been one. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know what, dude? I like um, I, I'm like uh, a sucker for pink millies, red millies. Mine has gotten more pink. You know, mine is like it seems like a vivid um, pink coloration. But again, it's like and and um, you know we're gonna um, we're getting to that pink spatulata. Dude, that thing is crazy. There's, in terms of like, there's, it's, there's, there's there's so many different looks to that thing. Dude, the the the, the original when you sent me that little video clip this afternoon, and I'm looking, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he said it was green. I'm like, but what <laughs> happened to my pink spath? I'm like, because I'm looking at my piece that you sent back to me. And then I'm running to the back, looking at my colony in the back, and I'm going, yeah, it's the same coral. The one in the back's got more green in it, but it's the one in the front that's the one that you sent me is, it's like pink, but it's also now looks like it's kind of got purple in the damn thing. <laughs> well, yours it, is just green. It, it's freaking nuts. Remy said, uh, is that the new mic? <laughs> the new mic. <laughs> oh yes, it is. Thank you so much, sir. This is the first time we're using it. You know, I had to break it in before uh, you know, reef therapy happens again. If it happens again, <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we're we're working our way up to that uh, pink spathulata, um, Crayola plana. So this is the uh, the frag that I. This is a very old school coral. It's been around the hobby for a long time. Yes. Actually, I sent Jake a piece of this thing. And I think I got it right in terms of what uh, you have on the tile there on your farm there. It, it's, it looks kind of blue, um, but it could be the yes. lighting. You know, it, it's for me, it, it's, it's kind of like got this almost table bottle brush look with very, um, um, you know, very green and pink polyps. And um, it, there's like there's so much going on with that coral. I, I, uh, I really love that coral. I do too. Um, I remember the, the original Crayola Plana and um, it was always one of the corals that I really wanted to have. I always remember having super purple tips, green polyps and a little bit of blue in the, in the body. But um, for whatever reason, mine is just blue. 
I mean, it is just. Yeah, what are you doing blue. down on that floor, man? You turn that, how did you turn that blue? And the, and the purple monster's green. Um, I mean, what's going on down there, man? ACI method, <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> but what I love about it is, is it's a blue coral that even when you have all blues on it, it's freaking blue. Like, I mean, you know, most of the time people won't even buy a blue tenuous if I import blue tenuous because they just don't look good under blue light. And that's what everybody does. And I always try to take pictures of them under whites. And of course, you know me, Keith, I don't like the all blue spectrum all the time. I have a good six hour peak um, in my day in my photo period that is, um, yes, it's 20K radium bulbs, but that's not blue. That's, you know, that's, that's not like four, 420 nanometers, 460. It's, you know, pretty friggin' white, if you ask me. Hmm. And when the metal halides are on and then the coral cares are on their peak and it's all white with the radiums and then the T5 bulbs and the LED accents, I mean, this corals glow. I mean, the, the combination of what we're doing is, you know, with all the water parameters and all the different combinations of lighting, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, okay, <laughs> it's looking amazing. <laughs> It's, keep it's, doing. it's so cool to see like what happens to corals from like one system to the, to the next. And, and even like under the same, you know, some of the conditions are the same, right? It could be the same lighting, you know, I mean, yours are, uh, under, uh, you know, I mean, mine were, mine, mine is under like halides, you know, purely, uh, halides. And you, I, I forgot what you said. Yours are under the, uh, the coral cares or the halides plus coral cares. It's a combination. Um, they get halide coral care, LED, and then T5 and reef right, bright there's LED. A lot, so there's, there's a, there's a lot going on there. I guess that's the formula to turn it blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I will have to say this. It's probably That's probably not it. I think it's a combination of the fluoride dosing, all the other minor and traces being dialed in, as well as um, the little bit elevated potassium levels. Um, I, I tend to run my potassium level between like the 420 to 480 range. Um, and usually I let it go from like that 420 range when I get it down and then I let it rise and I don't let it go above the 480 range. And then I just, um, I have a method that we use to remove it without doing a water change. It's basically, it's just adding zeolite Mm -hmm. to your system. Um, and, uh, that will help remove potassium levels. And um, it takes about three to four weeks for that slowly to come back down to the 420 range. And then I take the zeolite out, slowly rises back up. And I've been doing it that way for shit, ever since we found out that, that zeolite was a good way to keep my potassium levels in check from us using the potassium hydroxide as a, as a you know, keep it from keeping the suppression of the pH. Um, it's uh, been a great, uh, I don't know, I, you see it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. been great. I, I, it's all I gotta say is just look at the yeah. corals. The corals tell you everything you need to know yeah, about what we do. No, sure. <laughs> all right, next up we got the Walt Disney. And again, this is another rainbow tenuous that I think is definitely um, you know worthy of the uh, the attention. Unreal. When when I just have the blues on, it just blows my mind how yellow this damn. And I'm not is. I'm not sure if that's the Walt Disney in the home record that I'm showing on your tile there, but uh, <laughs> that's that's I a wasn't sure either. That's a that's a uh, video of my one of my colonies. Uh, actually, okay, so that is, is the the picture showing that's the that's the Walt Disney. Was that the Disney? Was I right? That the, yes. Yeah. Okay. That is the one that I think is the Walt Disney. Okay. Because I always knew Walt Disney to be more of a yellowish 
do, more dominant yellow in color with the you yeah. Know, that's the green. a that's a colony. The video of the colony that I uh, have. That looks like my Walt Disney colony did before I lost it. Yeah. Um, it uh, you know <laughs> that breaks my heart. That was it was like this big. It was getting this close to being commercially released for the first time ever with like a hundred frags and it was uh, gone. Yeah. But we'll never let that happen again. Yeah. Yeah, nope. you you getting uh you getting the generator thing set up there, dude? No, I uh they can't get me one. The oh, size really? I need and the company I was dealing with, I guess they they might be able to now, but um you know, when I wanted to put it on there, they they said it was going to be uh 8 to 10 months to even get it in stock. And I'm like well, eight to ten months from now, I'm not paying you money now for me you not know, having anything done, you know. And yeah. uh, maybe something else will come along by then. But yeah, uh, I've got five, five fifty-five hundred watt generators, and okay. I have, yeah, you know, that that'll run all my water pumps from here on out. Um, I didn't have them all running during Ian. I was just running return pumps, but now I know better, and I will make sure that there is um, <laughs> wave pumps on that farm system. Everything else, <laughs> I'll just do the same way I did it. Yeah, but the back i'll just make sure i have the wave pumps running so that i'm not just letting the water be stagnant over the corals for three days you know so yeah, yeah. lesson learned yep yep and that uh it, you know i mean it's listen it's uh it's tough i um i had a full house backup generator when i used to live in connecticut and um you know that's usually you think that's a sure thing but um it had a catastrophic failure but luckily, I broke down my reef tank three weeks before that happened. Oh. <laughs> so you got lucky there. You never know, man. You got a full house. You know, you got a you got a generator. It could fail. Anything can happen. So I I have, I have a backup generator to my uh, full house backup generator here, because lesson learned. You never know. Yeah, always learning, never an expert. <laughs> right. Um, all right, so we got two corals left. We got the pink spathulata and the Jackson's rainbow tenuous. Let's let's do the Jackson's rainbow tenuous and then go to the pink spath because that's blowing my that's blowing my mind. Yes. Um, in terms of what's going on with that, but the Jack so the Jackson's rainbow tenuous is uh, another rainbow tenuous. Here's the uh, the chunky frag I sent Chris back in November, and here it is on the tile, the very blue um, frag on the tile. I'm, I could see the red and pink polyps in there, and the coralites, dude. So I know that's the uh, the Jacksons. Only, only red and pink. Yeah, there's more. There's uh, more. You don't have up. yellow and green. Yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> and here's a colony shot. So. so so ridiculous. And yeah, here's that's under halides, so the colony shots in my tank. And then um, and then here's a uh, a big colony I've got under my LEDs in my peninsula tank. Um, nice. It's um, it's crazy how you know, and that's like full spectrum lighting. You know, because my LEDs are not um, very blue in terms of the spectrum. So that's that's all like full spectrum lighting. I think the shot that you showed was like full spectrum lighting. If I, if I uh, can uh, go out on a limb and say that it's uh, it was it's a uh, it's a rainbow tenuous that does not need the heavy blues to um, coax out some crazy colors. That's I naturally crazy looking. None of them need that crazy blue all the time to bring out those colors. I don't care what anybody says. I see them all the time. I mean, I fight in full spectrum for six hours, four, five to six hours on all my acros. And, you know, I get people saying, well, you got to run straight blues, real high intense blues to get all those colors to come out. I'm like, really? 
you know, take them and grab the colony and then turn off the halides or move it to straight blue LEDs. I'm like, well, what about this one here? It looks just as badass, if not better than your one grown under straight blues at 300 par. Um, I don't know. I think it's all a myth. I think it's all selling point. I think it's all about marketing. Um, and I think you just need to observe your corals and you'll see the differences between uh, what somebody's trying to sell you and what actually happens when you have, you know, experience. I mean, so you, you've seen a lot of tenuous come through your farm there, right? You know, what I mean, how, mm -hmm. how does the uh, the Jacksons compare to what, uh, you know, you've seen in the past in terms of rainbow tenuous? I mean, I, I get, I've been getting a lot of these really beautiful blue with like either red polyps or uh, green and yellow in the polyps. I guess that's angry birds or something like I, I you know me i could care less i mean by the way tenuous is no longer tenuous um i can't pronounce the new name so i can't say it right now it starts with a b oh really that's <laughs> nice that's, that's gonna twist everybody's head that's in this industry everybody likes tenuous 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 what's well, bara bara boo i can't pronounce it um i am the most horrible latin pronunciations and that's one of the things that jake used to always be like chris it's pronounced this way i'm like thanks buddy <laughs> <laughs> uh, vincent does the same thing to me but um yeah they're 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 changing um um all the latin names everything we used to think was what we thought it was is changing well spathiolata is millipora um uh, prostrata is millipora there is no more spathiolata there is no more prostrata there is no more tenuous. There is no more vermiculata. There is no more hoxamai. There is no more hyacinthus. There's so many new Latin names that are coming out. Who's, Echinata so who, is awi. So who's making up these new rules? Um, that's from all from DNA and uh, taxonomy working together in uh, in Australia. Uh, Russell Russell Kelly in Australia has been working on it, and it's not Russell. Uh, gosh, Vincent's got a, um, It's a doctor over there that's been just been playing around with um the dna and the, and the taxonomy and actually going back through and seeing that there's um species that we thought were different that are exactly the same species that we thought were this species are actually completely different than what the species really is um which is uh i think is great you know they did that with african cichlids they did that with the freshwater fish decades ago coral so far behind in taxonomy and 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 really what we have it's because we really don't know enough about what we have under the ocean on the reefs that, um, you know, it's so far behind. But now as more and more people are getting into it, we're starting to learn that there's, there's a lot of things that we thought we knew that we don't know. And, um, you know, again, I'm not a biologist. I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy that loves what I do. And I think about everything in a logical sense. And, um, you know, I got some really good people that I talk to that uh, that that have gone through and, and can prove everything that they tell me with data and um yep. just like i can prove everybody that tells me i'm wrong and my corals shouldn't be living in my systems the way i'm doing them well i don't have to show you anything but the damn corals and prove you that I what you're telling me that i'm wrong about well you're really wrong about it, you know <laughs> i mean the proof is right there hate me all you want for what I'm preaching, but if that means it's going to hurt your pocketbook I, because you're not selling two-part, then whatever. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see how anybody could have an argument against what you're uh, doing there, dude. You know, it's... Uh, Go to reef to reef. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. I don't go there, but I hear about it all the time. I get people screenshotting things and telling me, I'm like, don't feed them. 
just leave them alone. Let them, let them do what they do. Well, you know, I mean, listen, they, they don't know what, you know, I mean, listen, it's, uh, you gotta go. If, if, if you're lucky enough to see the facility at ACI, then you'll know what we're talking about. Right. Let's just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. Uh, Anthony D. Thank you so much for that super chat. When I looked into dosing potassium hydroxide on my system, I discovered ACI love the approach to coral propagation and spreading the coral love. P.S. Do you use carbon daily? If so, what kind? No, we don't use carbon daily, but I want to say one thing. Do not use potassium hydroxide. Do not use it. Trust me. I'm going to say it again. Don't use it. <laughs> I've, I've had people that tell me they're, you know, ask me how to do it. They tell me, I tell them, no, I won't teach you how to do it. And then they go and they find somebody that tells them what to do. And I get photos of white tanks. I don't want to see you kill your aquarium because this stuff is not something to mess around with. Everybody's, oh, it's just potassium hydroxide, sodium hydroxide. You have no idea what you're talking about if you think it's, oh, it's just potassium and sodium hydroxide. The shit's nasty. I mean, they use the melt flesh off of bones. I mean, don't touch it. Don't put it in a tank that's less than 1,500 gallons. If your tank's not 1,500 gallons, don't even give it a second thought. Please. I don't want to hear you kill your aquarium because you didn't listen. Um, and that's the biggest problem with what I've been talking about for the last two and a half years. People take what I say and they think that I say they go ahead. It's okay to use this stuff. Don't do it. Calquas is all you need. If you're just keeping an aquarium beautiful and your pH can't hit 8.3, don't worry about that. Just use the calquasher to keep your pH from being completely suppressed down into the sevens. If it's at 8.15 to 8.25, be satisfied because your corals will tell you they're happy. As soon as you start putting sodium or potassium hydroxide in your tank and you don't know what you're doing, you have a recipe for disaster and you're going to kill a lot of things. And it's a big investment. Stop. Don't do it. Uh, Please. That's uh, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty strong recommendation there. Um, Stubby Acro, thoughts on carbon dosing? Carbon dosing, we, uh, we don't carbon dose. We, uh, we use, uh, we, we do probiotics basically. Um, that was one of my questions add, for you, dude, was probiotics. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't yeah, asked we, you one of my questions yet in terms of what we're talking about. Well, let's, let's finish the corals and then yeah, we'll go through the, we'll yeah. talk about probiotics. Yeah. That's that. Well, yeah, we'll answer your question here. Um, what, what we do for, uh, nutrients and this and that, um, you know, once, um, uh, we're done talking about these last few corals. We got what, what, one more left? Yeah, one more. All right. <laughs> the best, we saved the best to last. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> should we, uh, should we just get into it? Get into it. All right. The pink spathulata. So this is the frag that I sent Chris back in November of 2022. And this is it. I believe that's it on your tile, puddling out. Right, it's got the uh, the pink and the red pink coralites, red uh, polyps. Here is my uh, ACI pink spathulata in July 2022 under LEDs in my display tank. Very pink coralites right there, and wowza! Here it is in June. This this couple of days ago, I, yesterday I took this picture video. June 2023, it's freaking green, dude. And here's here's my backup frag under my halides. That's completely different looking. Than what it's like under the uh, LEDs and uh, is the water parameters the same? And is it the same yeah, system? Yeah. No, different system. But you know, oh. I I keep I keep pretty much the same kind of parameters in both systems. So the difference between so the, the two systems is one is uh, halides and one is LEDs. And um, 
I, uh, you know what? I mean, I keep asking, I, I keep saying to you, Chris, like, I got to rename this coral. I got to rename this coral because <laughs> it's the polyp, polyps on this thing are like just dominating and you can't see any of the, uh, the pink coral lights. Hey, you can call it the wannabe pink Wookiee. The wannabe pink Wookiee. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know me, I can't stand the names. Like we have to name a new coral. I'm just like, Oh God, somebody else name it, please. <laughs> um, I just can't believe how green it is in that in that one photo that that I got of you from you today. Um, it's uh, every system's different, and I've been preaching that for a decade and a half, two decades. You know, your system can can change a coral, my system can change a coral. Yeah. Everybody's system is different, and um, that's the beauty of what we do. I mean, you know, I, I've I've got corals that are in grow out three that are more intense in color than what they are from the same coral coming from grow out one. But I know they're the same coral, but if you put them right next to each other, people would say they were different. And you know, it is, it's, it's just, you know, the lighting is a little bit different in grow out three um, than what it is in, in grow out one. But um, you know, it's every systems can, can make a coral morph in color. Um, but eventually maybe completely morph back to where it's supposed to be. You know, it, it, the, the stress of the coral, there's so many variables that you cannot understand why these ha things happen, but just know they're going to happen. I mean, if you buy a coral and it looks amazing and it completely changes color, give it some time. It might go back. You know, it, it, it's, it's stress factors. It's elements. It's, alkalinity differences, lighting differences, flow. Flow is massive. Yeah. Flow can change the color of a coral in a heartbeat. I've got a lot Believe of I got not. a lot of flow in that tank. <laughs> I got a lot of, you know, in the uh, peninsula tank and and you know the other thing that uh, you know I got to mention is that that color change pretty much happened soon after I did the oxalic acid uh, treatment. You know. So That's right. I remember saying I that. hit I hit the tank with oxalic acid like in uh, in November. So that frag that I sent you was like, I think it was, might have been right after I hit it with the oxalic acid or right before. It was. It was. And then, um, and then a few months later, man, the thing just did a um, complete, you know, turn green. It turned green. The polyps like went crazy on the thing. And are you getting good polyp extension on that thing? Are you getting like green polyps coming out on the farm or is it just more like you're seeing the coral lights? Well, you saw that photo. I mean, they, they, the polyps don't come out all that much in, on on the grow out three system. The frag that you sent me, the polyps are out, but they're not really that out, you know that extended. They are definitely green, but they're not so extended that it makes the coral look green like yours. <laughs> the, um, so I, I had the I had Sanjay here, you know, visiting, and he was like, "That's a millie. That's not a spathulata." And and um, so that that makes me wonder when you said like um, you know they're they're reclassifying spathulatas as millies and all that stuff, you know what and and prostratas you know you never hear anybody calling a coral a prostrata these days but back uh, years ago that was kind of a common thing and people were confusing yep. them with millies so now you got Unless my whole freaking head spinning dude. Well, my head's spinning too. I mean, imagine Vincent Chalice. You know, he's the one that brought all this to my attention. And he's like, I don't know if I want to learn this new. He's like, I thought that I was good before, but looking at corals, being able to name all this stuff. He's like, 
I have to learn it all over again. He's like, it took me 20 years to learn this shit now. He's like, that's going to take me another 20 years to learn all the new classifications. <laughs> but it does make a good point. You know, spathulata is, is now considered millipora. But where I know uh, my friends in Australia collect what we know as millies because of the growth pattern is a completely different environment than where the milliporas, which were used to be spathulatas, are collected in completely different environments. You have uh, inshore murky, dirty reefs that are not crystal clear water and just full of silt feeding the ones that we called millipora and the ones that we called spathulata um, were growing on the outer swains reefs um, in pristine, crystal clear, real heavy wave action reefs. And... When you look at the thick branches that you got on a on a spathulata versus the thinner branches that you got on a millipora, and you put them right next to each other, if you could blow the milli up and compare size and correlates, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So Sanjay's probably well, he is right. It is a millipora <laughs> when you break it all down, but because of where it was collected and where we received it from, we received it as a spathulata which was an outer Swains reef, crystal clear, pristine water collection. Mm. Now we're keeping it in captivity. Yes, the water's crystal clear, but we feed a lot more. We're not giving nearly the light or nearly the flow, which caused the growth pattern to be what it was when it was considered spathulata. So, I mean, I've never seen a spathulata grow in the same way that a spathulata from the Swains Reef grew and what it looked like when we imported them. You know, real long, you know, coralites or, or branches that were really long and thick and they kind of curved up, you know, and they flattened out. If you saw the colonies, you had these colonies that were like this big and, you know, the center of it, you know, these long branches would come out and then they would just curl up and you'd have this thick tabling acro. Oh, nice. That was a spathulata, yeah. you know. You see milliporas, I've seen them growing bushy. I've seen them growing in tabling forms, tight. You know, it's, it's environmental conditions can change the way a species grows. And that was um, something Vincent and I talked about uh, just like two weeks ago. We we're trying to identify my um, um, Dreamweaver acro that we posted up on um, uh, Facebook uh, like a week or two ago, two weeks ago. And I couldn't figure out what species it was. And I thought it was um, Subglabra. And he came back and said, I think it's Subulata. And he's like, but this is 100% grown in captivity. He's like, a Subulata that I know from the wild doesn't look like a Subulata that I grow in my land farm. He's like, so that's my best guess. So I'm like, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so um, another picture that you guys sent me was a picture of Jake's uh, Spathulata. And I'm showing it right here. And um, that's a sweet coral, man. It's stupid. <laughs> you got that as a frag? No, um, I got that from the studio. And when I was out there in um, January, that coral was in such bad shape. It was completely brown. Um, I remembered the coral because I imported it for Jake 
uh, he just picked it out when he was at uh, Ultra Corals, and Ultra Corals sent me the shipment. So I imported it for Jake, and then I sent him the colony. And he was talking to me before he was supposed to, before he was going to Bali. He said, "I'm going to send you a piece of my spath, you know, when I get back." And of course, you all know what happened, unfortunately. And um, Windsor told me she remembered the conversation. She's like, "You need that coral. Jake would want you to have that coral." So that's why that coral is on my farm. And um, it was in such bad shape that I was a, I didn't cut it. And um, I actually, you know, told Raj and Remy and Jack um, that when this coral is fragged, the the biggest chunk that I get off of it's going to get sent back to the studio so it can go go where it belongs. Yeah, you know, go yeah, where it originally. Yeah. You know, it need, it needs to be back in the studio. That's a gorgeous um, coral, dude. It is. Uh, the yellow coral lights just blow my mind, and then that purpley pink in the body. Yeah. Uh, it's a spectacular piece and I, it's really thick branchlets on it. Um, it almost looks like, it almost looks like a prostrata (laughs) to to confuse matters even more. (laughs) Prostrata, spatulata, millipora, whatever. (laughs) It's all the same damn species, (laughs) but it is a gorgeous coral. Absolutely stunning. Um, I'm, a very, very. I feel very honored to actually be able to 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 keep that coral and nurture it, and you know, get it back to the studio before I even am able to offer it to the world. Um, Clearwater Scrubbers is in the house. Sabna Josh. What's up, Scrubber Daddy? Salty Dad. Time for another giveaway. You're a little late, buddy. <laughs> time for another giveaway. All right, this is gonna be the last reminder about the giveaway, and then we'll uh, we'll put it to bed. But um, yeah. So all right. I, uh, I I definitely see we've got some entries for the uh, for the two giveaways here. I've been checking my email and all that stuff, but you never know. You never know. Um, the first giveaway is the uh, the Reef Bum Work uh, shirt that both Chris and I are um, sporting here. So the uh, the deal uh, is the uh, the 15th person who contacts me via the contact form on my website, which is reefbum.com/contact, and that's since the start of the live stream. Um, put work shirt giveaway in the subject heading. Can't submit multiple entries per person and um, U.S. only. And then the awesome ACI uh, giveaway is uh, giving away three of Jake's corals, the Immortal Tort, the Crystal Experiment, and the uh, the Hoax Am I, those three. So the 20th person that puts um, Jake's corals in the subject header for the contact form on my website will be the winner of those awesome corals and um i completely lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> all is good i'm having um, fun look it'll come back to you <laughs> so um what were we just talking about we were just talking about um um oh, oh yeah okay all right I, I got it back so uh i want to go through I'm the worst I, I, with that kind of I, stuff. I, so. uh, we got a couple more uh, corals to show from the farm here. Jake's hiding in Florida. That thing I is love sick. That coral. It's black and like gold green on the very tips of the tentacles on the polyps. Um, I remember when he sent that coral to me, I was like, dude, that is super freaking cool. He's like, yeah, but nobody will buy it. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, that is just one of the coolest corals. And, and it looks like it's very purple and under full spectrum light, which is what this was, was pretty much taken under. 
Um, when you put just straight blue, royal blue LEDs on it, it almost looks like it is jet black with like gold green tips on the, on the tentacles. Um, and you can see very dead center. That was the original piece that Jake sent to me. I think it was in 2021. So that thing turned into a dinner plate in, well, it was June of 2021. Wow. So that's two years of growth from that little one inch fragment in the middle there to a I don't know how big is a dinner plate a foot and a half pretty, a foot across. Big. It's a big piece. Um, I actually had to put that doggone thing up on a, um, <laughs> uh, a rock that was like this tall because it was, I, I was really fortunate enough to be able to break it off the egg crate because it started growing onto the grating and I was tedious about it. And I was poking at it a bunch of different spots without breaking it into a million pieces. And it all came up. I think I broke one little area and I think it took about three weeks and that healed up completely and wasn't flappy anymore. It was like all fused back together, which is really cool. I got to get this out to the world someday soon too. Um, people that like um, really aggressive LPS corals or people that don't like them. Pretty, um, pretty I love cool. them. I got. Um, Very cool. Dirty, talk to us about Dirty Insanity. I might actually, I might actually have, is it Dirty Insanity? Yes, we sent you a, we sent you a photo of Dirty Insanity. Who's asking about Dirty Insanity? Uh, no, I, I, I might have. Is it the um, so when the picture comes up? Is it the coral? It's the coral on the uh, the bottom, not the top, right? It's not the red coral. It's like uh, a rainbow tenuous. No, that is that's dirty. That, that's insane. a rainbow tenuous. Is um, that what that is? I wouldn't call it rainbow, so, but it, it's a tenuous. It's a tenuous. Okay. Yeah, and it's it looks like a dirty turd when you have white lights <laughs> on it. Like that right there is not showing its true beauty. Um, it's really hard to describe. Um, Vincent Chalais is the one that named it Dirty Insanity because he's been farming that coral on his mariculture farms in Bali for you know did, a did decade. You, did you give me and, a piece of that? Because I got, I got a video of some other your uh, ACI corals, and um, it, it looks very familiar. You know, I'll, I'll show it in the in the live stream. And um, I might have. I don't remember. Um, no. This, this thing has been such a nemesis of mine. I got this from Vincent in 2020, and that's all the bigger it is. Oh, really? All right, so I don't <laughs> you know, have it. Yeah, it, it has been up and down and all around. I was down to a piece that was literally about three quarters of an inch, and I was so upset. And um, when I hired on Andreas, my uh, the guy that takes care of a lot of the farm stuff and you know fills me in with things that he is observing, um, when he found the dirty insanity had melted all but this tip about this big on it, I'm like, don't touch it. Let me have it. I grabbed it. And then he was like over my shoulder watching me cut the thing. And I glued it down to the tile. And I'm like, I want an update on this coral. As soon as you see it starting to puddle and encrust, I want you to let me know. If it dies, you got to let me know. And he kept, she's like, the dirty insanity is looking good. <laughs> and he's like, totally geeking out over this coral because when the blues are on it's it's not a rainbow it's maybe got three colors maybe four uh, colors but it is literally looks dirty but it's insane i mean and that's and vincent said dirty insanity i'm like that's a very fitting name for this tenuous because it is just unique um I love it. It's uh, so nice to see that thing growing. And actually, I've been telling Vincent I was going to send him a photo of the doggone thing. Um, and I have not gotten to it because I keep forgetting Just to tell him to watch the stream. Of it. And here, watch the stream, Vincent. <laughs> you can see Dirty Insanity. Tell me what you think. 
Am I doing a, am I doing a good job with it? <laughs> Cherry blossom. That's freaking awesome. Oh. Unreal. I mean, it really is that color. I mean, I it, under under Is that a all, granulosa? Okay. No, it's Rosario. Oh, okay. It's Acropora Rosaria. Um, I got that from uh, Nick at Ultra Corals. And um, he calls all of his wild corals by the name he put on them. And I'm like, nope, this is the first one that he called Rosaria or called Cherry Blossom. I'm putting it on the farm. And when I showed him this photo of it, actually not this exact photo, but when I showed him a picture of it, he's like, what are you doing to that thing? He's like, I've never seen one that insane. Wow. I'm like, I can, uh, I can help. Do my method. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's, he's been dosing Kalkwasser forever, but he does uh, a lot of other things that I play him with fire. But anyway, Nick does Nick's things. I do my things. Like a lot of other people do their things and it works for them. I, I agree. If it works for you, do it. Um, but this coral here, um, it, it really looks like this. I mean, and this picture was taken. I, I think Amanda took this photo under the 10 Ks because I'm, I'm growing this coral under 10 Ks. Um, it's actually Tulio's Reef Bright 20K. And I wanted to see what would happen with the Reef Bright 20K versus the Radium 20K. So I have um, the Radium right next to the Reef Bright 20. And I have to agree with what Tulio has to say. I, I love my Radiums. I love my Radiums. Don't get, I mean, they're amazing lights. But I've got some acros, like I've got that exact same coral growing down under the radiums. Not even not even close. Not even close. It's red, but it's got green in it. This coral is just flat out red. It's got that white. And actually that white, when you have the blues on, is pink. Crazy. So it's like super bright. That's it's crazy. stupid. I can't so, uh, dude, you've mentioned uh, radiums a couple of times, and our buddy uh, Alex Correa, I'm sure, is still not watching. Um, but if he is, I'm, What's if up, he Alex? is, and I'm, I'm sure he'll chime <laughs> in about this. But um, oh, I don't, I don't want to give it away. But uh, <laughs> the rumor is they are no longer making radium bulbs. Um, I heard the same thing. How does that? How does that make but, you feel? Uh... Mm. <laughs> I mean, after seeing the difference between the Tulio's Reef Brights and what it's doing to some of my corals and what the same corals are doing under the radiums, I honestly don't care. And we're talking about 20K radiums, whether it's 400 water, 251 metal halides. Yep. Yep. I mean, um, I'm learning very, very quickly that, you know, um, I've got a smorgasbord of metal halide bulbs um, and I've been toying around with all of them. I've got XM 20s. I've got XM 10s. I've got SPS 20s, SPS 40, 14s, SPS 10s, SPS 65s, Iwasaki 65s. I mean, I've got a smorgasbord of lights. And in, when I look at all the corals that are growing under them, they look amazing. And if they don't look right when the metal halides on, when the blues are on, they look amazing. All right, dude, newsflash. So, Great bearded reef, Paul. <laughs> I also heard that a new company bought them out and they will be producing them. Ooh, yeah, baby. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, baby. 
I'll distribute them because people ask me all the time if that if I can sell them metal halides, and I said nope. I might have a few hundred of them, but They're guess you. what? They need to last me as long as I have my farm. Because <laughs> when I can't buy them anywhere, I still have them. <laughs> I I get it. I I totally get it. I um that's totally understandable. Um, all right, talk to me about this one. And I'm not a big chalice guy. Branching chalice. How common is that? Not, not common at all. Um, a lot of times, um, Echinopora horrida, which is the uh, branching chalice, is misidentified um, because the collectors don't know the difference between true Echinopora horrida and Echinopora maniformis. Echinopora maniformis is a um, primarily a plating um, Echinopora, like Echinopora lamellosa, which is your common stunner chalices. Um, Echinopora maniformis grows in the big plates, but as they plate and the interior says, I still want to grow, it shoots all these branches up. So a lot of collectors, um, they'll collect maniformis as horrida and i've had them sent to me and i'm and i immediately as soon as i see the coral right out of the bag it's maniformis you sent me maniformis not horrida <laughs> how do you know well i know i know my corals it's not horrida horrida is usually like a gray color um or brown and maniformis is and, and also has thinner branches than the maniformis when it grows out. And maniformis will get a purplish look to it, where the horrida usually stays a grayish color. Um, it's a unique coral. 99% of the people in this industry would look at it and they'd look away and never think about it again. That's the beauty of this coral for me, for Jake, and for anybody that loves all corals for what they are, not just because they're phosphorescent and yeah. can be marketed. Um, you know, every animal in the ocean is beautiful. Um, doesn't have to phosphoresce and make you dollars to be beautiful. Um, I want every type of coral that is available to me. You know, I mean, I don't care. Uh, that one there is, in most people's eyes, ugly. To me, it's amazing and beautiful. And it was something that Jake was uh, very good at growing. And it's not the easiest of um, corals to actually uh, get happy yeah. per se and the one in jake's uh in the studio's um flagship tank or the i think the water box peninsula is a spectacular specimen that's growing extremely well and i remember the progression shots of that coral growing and he does a good job with it i'm having i, I put it in like seven different spots because uh i didn't get it from jake or the studio julian sprung got it from Jake about three or four years ago. Um, and then I was, I was reminded that I imported it for Jake <laughs> and sent it to him, um, but never kept the piece for myself. And, you know, of course, after Jake passed away, um, I didn't want to take the only piece that they had at the, yeah. at the studio and I didn't want to break a frag off of it because it looks so beautiful in that position. And when Julian and I were out at the studio together at Reefstock, Julian's like, oh, Chris, he's like, mine's been doing so well. He's like, don't worry, I'll send you a nice big piece of it. And then it got here and it was in seven pieces. 
because of UPS. Ooh. And um, so I, I said, okay, I don't know where it's going to be happy. So I put it in seven different positions in three different systems and uh, two places it's not doing very good. And luckily they were the smallest pieces that I put over in, in that area. The smallest pieces are the ones that aren't doing good and the bigger ones have healed and look really Sweet. good. So um, it might be 10 years till I have that on the market too. <laughs> hey, you know what? So it takes its time, whatever, but um, slow but sure. Uh, Anthony D is ACR yep. forming Jake's Rose Acro. Jake's Rose Acro is Acropora Rosaria as well. And that was also gotten from, um, from, uh, uh, ultra corals. And I imported that for Jake and sent it out to him. It is a, uh, different genotype of Acropora Rosario. Um, his gets a little bit of yellow in it and a little bit of green in it. Um, but I don't know if that's because of the lighting that was uh, that I saw it growing under when I saw it at the studio. It was in three different tanks, two different tanks, and um, it stayed. That coral is still at the studio. Um, I think uh, about a four-inch piece of it was sent to, to Andrew Sandler in um, his donation to Windsor with all the corals that he received. Uh, but it, it's 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 the same species, it's just a different genotype. So um, one day. Um, I'll have a little piece of it come to me, I'm sure. Um, but uh, until then, um, I might already have it because I get Acropora rosarios all the time from um, from Australia when I import. So um, very, very possible that um, I have the coral already because uh, that's something that you know Nick was very good about you know, doing is keeping some super special pieces and growing them out. And Jake was begging him to sell him pieces of that stuff. So it might already be here. Yeah. I just don't know yeah. yet. All right, the last uh, coral on your farm that um, you guys sent me a picture of is this new Aussie arrival, which, uh, dude, yellow tips, looks like pink branches, coralites, what have you. I, I can't even tell what the polyps are on that thing. They almost look purplish. There's some purple in there. That is... Um, I got to see what we're talking that about. Is, uh, oh, that my is... Oh, my gosh. crazy. <laughs> That is, um, I remember when this coral came back with Nick on his collection trip. Um, he was literally, I could see the boat in the background. Like he was pulling the coral out of the boat from the live wells that he keeps the corals in when he was out collecting. And he's pulling this thing out of the well. He's taking pictures of the big colony that he collected. It was about, it was only about this big. He's like, look at this Ancytheris. Oh, my gosh. He's like, this thing's absolutely insane. And we're just talking daylight. And I'm going, holy cow, dude. I'm like, yeah, I need a piece of that. <laughs> um, and it was probably about a month later that I got my shipment from him. And he sent me this piece. And it didn't look like this when I got it. It was um, a lot different. And I was really, really upset with him when I got this coral. Um, because it was definitely a unique piece. But... I thought I was overcharged for it. Um, and okay, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, it is what it is. At that time, I was a little bit miffed. Um, had a little bit of a <laughs> miffed about it. But now that I'm looking at it as it's been sitting here, you know, and, and when, when corals get shipped from Australia to me, it's longer than it is to LA. So these corals do not look like they looked when they were put in the bag. I don't care what anybody says. Acropora's shifting color. They lose zoosanthaly. They yeah. lighten up. They pale out a little bit. And after it's been here now for what, two two months, two and a half months, um, it's happy. 
it's gotten absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I think that there's going to be even more colors coming in because when you put orange sunglasses on and look at that coral, you're like, oh, my gosh, if that coral, if that color starts popping out in this coral, people's heads are going to pop because it is um, it's beautiful. It's yeah, that, beautiful. that piece is just um, that's a kick ass um, piece. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, so. I want to play a um, one last video here of some miscellaneous um, ACI corals that are in my systems that um, that are just really incredible corals. The uh, the ACI Light Bright, that's the first one you're going to see coming up here, uh, Chris. This is a colony shot under uh, Oh, I can't wait to halides. see yours. And um, the next, I believe, is the uh, the ACI Pink Panther. So when you see it, you got to confirm that for me in terms of whether or not it's oh, the... The ACI uh, Pink Panther. That's the light bright. That's, That's the light, light bright. bright. Yeah, and then yep. next up, I think, is the ACI Crimson, which took a <sighs> long time for me to like get that thing growing. Yeah, that's Pink Panther. Yeah, is that Pink Panther? Yeah, baby, that's Pink there Panther. There you go. We got yeah. Pink Panther in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And then there's this. hundred uh, percent. Uh, and there's this rainbow tenuous. I don't even know what that is. I can't remember what that is. Um, or oh, it, it was like a crimson. Yeah, you like that? The ACI crimson? Yeah, it looks so good. It looks like my colonies. I, I, that's actually very, very good. And then that's the, um, the that was the, uh, oh, wow. Vanilla Spy and the a ACI Toxic and Arachnopora. Um, ACI Dragon Fruit. The ACI, ACI Emerald um, Forest. ACI and Sunbeam. Monstera. Yeah. Everything's the dragon fruit Monty is looking spectacular. Everything is like freaking awesome, dude. It's just like yeah. in my system, it's just uh, everything is just super, super happy. I love them. I love the Manila Spy. The Manila Spy. And that Emerald Forest. That Emerald Forest is just stupid. The green. I mean, some, screen, I, we had some people over for dinner the other night, and um, somebody like gravitated to that. It's like. That is the most beautiful coral I've ever seen, and they're not a coral person, you know. They're not a they're not a reef tank person, but they were like just awesome. mesmerized by that green uh, coral. Um, and then, um, yeah, the ACM Manila Spy, which is a coral that Jake collected, is um, just a silly grower for me. I mean, man, that's... he didn't collect. Oh, he did. I thought he did. No, he saw it in Dubai. Oh, and then it somehow made it into Indonesia. And then it was imported. Okay, so he spotted um, it. Yes. And then this, the reason why it's called the Manila Spy, it's a really kind of a cool story, but not a good story. Um, it, it is what it is now. Um, it originally came from Manila, Philippines, and that's what Jake was told. Um, of course, Jake didn't do it. It was not anything illegal done by him, but it, somehow it made it into Dubai, and then it made its way into Indonesia, and it's Monopora Carinata not Monopora hirsuta. It is a very um, rare and unique species of Monopora that grows in um, very, very low flow lagoons. And if you give it high flow, it doesn't branch up. It just stays right below that flow line. Because <laughs> all it has to do is grow up a little bit and it's going snap. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, it's very delicate. It's super delicate. Um, but, you know, it's a super cool coral too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um Dude, I think we're like approaching some uh, record here in terms of time on the uh, on the stream. I mean, you know, we, we we're gonna we got twenty minutes. We, we're gonna talk about uh, <laughs> you're gonna talk about probiotics, and we're gonna talk about that new test from Reef Labs. Yes, yes. We'll talk about those um, two, and then we'll wrap. 
That works for me, buddy. Right. Um, so uh, back to the car- was a carbon dosing question. Um, I toyed around with carbon dosing, you know, uh, well over a decade ago. And I used to dose. I used to buy uh, what the heck vodka was that? It was a uh, quadruple distilled um, vodka, and uh, we used to put that in and uh, try to help with our nutrient load. And um, it just, you know, I never saw any real major benefits from it. All I saw was, you know, me buying a half gallon of vodka every, you know, two weeks you know, to dump into my systems. Um, so I basically, um, went on to, you know, many, many years ago, I was dosing a lot of, uh, um, liquid bacterias. Um, and, uh, I noticed the benefits from that. And, uh, when, uh, Captivate came back, um, I stopped dosing, uh, bacterias in between. It was like a, probably a three year hiatus of me doing any, 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 um, uh, bacteria dosing. When Chris uh, developed uh, the uh, Remediate and the Inoculate, um, I started to use them and I started noticing uh, differences in uh, polyp extension, especially on my Goniopores. And I also noticed that uh, my nutrient levels were not um, rising, like I had problems with them rising constantly in my wild coral systems. And I used to do a lot of water changes because of nutrient issues. Um, and then eventually the uh, dosing, the remediate and the inoculate, I stopped having issues with my nutrient levels rising, which then made me start thinking about, okay, that's, that's a bonus. It's not that expensive to do. And, um, if I don't have to do as many water changes because my nutrients is, my nutrients aren't rising, what can I do to eliminate water changes completely? And um, I haven't stopped doing the probiotic dosing on a daily basis, even though we fine-tuned it back a lot. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I, I – yeah, no, it is one, one heaping teaspoon – well – the spoon that you get, the plastic spoons that you go buy at the store to eat one of those heaping into 2,500 gallons daily. Um, inoculate is, that's more of a uh, cycling bacteria. Um, inoculate just says exactly what it does. I mean, it inoculates your, your, your ammonia and uh, it creates the nitrates and you get nitrates and or nitrites, you get then nitrates, but it also does help with phosphates. That's the only reason why we continue to use the inoculate along with the remediate because the remediate is more targeting for um, uh, nitrates. Um, but we, we dose it on a daily basis, inoculate just a couple of times a week. And if we don't dose it, I see my ganis don't extend and don't look as happy. Mm. Um, they're fine, but the extra boost in bacteria population of course really um i think is why the ghanis um one of the reasons why the ghanis are doing so well for us um but i have to attribute the rest of it to all the minor and trace dosing that we do but um yeah i don't do any carbon dosing whatsoever gotcha all right and the last thing reef labs man what's going on in terms of uh new tests coming up I'm going to do something else. I'm going to throw another twist for this here whole thing. Okay. So we got the first, who is it? 20, the 20th email. Oh, you're not was, another, was, we're was doing it, another it, contest, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The 20th email was, uh, was, was getting the, uh, the, the, the three frags. How about, how about we, uh, we started over 
and say, since we had a lot of people that were watching, a lot of people that didn't get into the very end, we're going to throw one more pack in there. You got to put Jake Adams Corals number two as the, as the subject line. And the 20th uh, email on that gets it. But if you win the first time, you do not get a chance to win the second time. <laughs> Dude, all right. So we've got, a, we've got a second pack going out here. So we've got um, – all right, let me see if I could um, process all this. You're saying we've got – the first pack is the, uh, the 20th um, email that I get that says Jake's Corals, right? That's pack yep. number one, all right? Yep. The second pack – is the twentieth person same corals same corals the same um, same corals but in the subject line it says Jake's corals two is that what it says pack two yep. pack two Jake's corals pack yep. two Jake's corals two Jake pack two Jake's corals pack two the twentieth person that sends the um, contact form with that in the subject line Jake's corals pack two or Jake's we'll give away we'll give away two packs giving away that, two that, packs that, that sounds like fun. Because I know there's a lot of people that join late, and you know, and they hear us talking about this. I'm like, you know, those guys didn't get a chance. They had no chance. Now we got a chance for people that joined late. Let's just have some fun. Let's give away some beautiful corals that Jake Adams collected himself. Wow, dude, very generous. So that's um, that's three corals uh, for each of the uh, each of the packs. Yeah. And and um, I will uh, I will um, sift through all the emails tomorrow morning. So we're not going to announce any winners uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, so some people might see it on the replay and they might win because uh, we're kind of like near the end of this, um, you know, live stream. Yeah. That's very cool of you, dude. That's very cool of you. (laughs) Um, Let's have some fun. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun giving stuff away, isn't it? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Especially when it's, you know, stuff that we have um, that first time ever touched by a human was our was our buddy. Jake. Well, you you want to spread the love. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Let's, uh, Paul. Let's try to match the likes with the viewers. Oh yeah. All right. We got 120. Let's try to match. The- we, we're, we got 127 concurrent viewers right now, and, and we got 76 likes. Let's get up. Let's get up over 100 likes, people. Yeah, yeah. And subscribe to my channel. I'm, I'm trying to hit 20,000 subscribers. So let's 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 uh let's get Keith to 20,000. Let's get me to 20,000. Let's do that too. <laughs> um, so you want to you want to wrap it with Reef Labs in terms of what's going on with that new test and all that start sort of thing. I do, I do, and and of course this is all going to be um, with the Reef Labs ICP tests. Um, everybody's been asking when are you going to have MS? When are you going to have MS? And um, you know, uh, it, it, it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. You know, well, you hear, oh, I got an MS test. Okay, I, I'm I'm sure you got the MS talk, test. Talk about the difference real quickly between MS and OS. Um, I'm not an expert by any means on this, and I'm not even or, that or, or is it OES? I'm sorry. OES. OES yeah. is um, is uh, uh, reads the. Uh, when the plasma pulverizes the the sample and there's light emitted by each element, the amount of light that is emitted determines the value that you have in that sample. So depending on the quality of the MS or the OES machine determines on how accurate your test results are. And those test results can vary regularly if the machine's not kept up and cleaned and calibrated and, you know, just used uh, properly. Um, 
and I'm not saying that any other company is not using them and maintaining them properly, but there, there's definitely possibilities for variables and for discrepancies, per se, in OES testing if too many tests were run before calibration was done. So that is one of the things I know Gene is very adamant about and, um, you know, uh, uh, really trust him in everything he does. So with uh, mass spec, ICP mass spec or MS, it doesn't read it by light. It gives you an accurate measurement by the weight, the molecular weight of what is found from each element that you are testing. So that gives you the ability to get down into the parts per, per trillion. And Gene says that certain elements, because they emit, because they're, they're prevalent, could actually be measured in parts per quadrillion. I can't wrap my head around that because a trillion's a big enough damn number. A quadrillion's, you know, a thousand times that. That just blows my mind. But what do we need quadrillion for? We don't. <laughs> what do we need parts per trillion for? A lot of elements that are found in um, in that in, in natural seawater. And um, there was a question that was asked here a little while ago about what do I do if I can't get um, measurements below one. Uh, microsemen per liter, uh, basically PPM or uh, parts per billion um, is what OES can measure down to parts per billion. You can't get into parts per trillion with any accuracy whatsoever. It's not even worth trying it. So we tend to take the elements that are with OES that are measured in parts per trillion. And we I like to say, okay, um, there's nothing that says one part per billion is going to be toxic to the animals. So if it's measured in parts per trillion on um, in seawater and we're using OES and it doesn't show up, that doesn't mean it's not present in your system. Um, so what I like to do to make sure that I know that it's there is I just put it on a doser and I make sure I dose it. Now, I also get to be really geeky and I make it go to one part per billion and um, – I haven't seen any ill effects because a lot of the stuff that isn't measured in parts per trillion, like iron and manganese and uh, gosh, there's there's a bunch of them. I, I I don't remember every single one of them. Um, I can't wait to get the MS going to be able to get that uh, data instilled in my brain. But um, the great thing is, is Gene is going is working super hard. He's got a new method for dialing in the OE or the MS. MS is so difficult for him to be satisfied with. And Gene's a perfectionist. Um, you've talked to Gene, you've had Gene on your show. Yep. And um, he's so particular about everything he does with his equipment because he wants to make sure he's putting out the best possible product and results because he doesn't want people to feel like they're being hosed when he gets them results. He wants to make sure that they understand that they're getting good value for their money. Um, so that's why he hasn't offered the MS. He's done weeks and weeks months and months of testing with the MS machine, but he wasn't satisfied with the results that he was getting. So he had to get a new piece of equipment um, after all of his studies and research because salt water, seawater is so difficult to um, use on an OES machine. It's even more difficult to dial in on an MS machine. So until he's 100% satis satisfied being a physicist, um, which could take a little while. And I said, I hope you get it done before you say we're going to launch this MS test, which him and I have talked about it. And, and if everything goes as planned, the new MS testing through Reef Labs will be launched um, on the anniversary of Reef Labs launching um, OES, 
which will be in August. And then <clears throat> something that um, Jake had talked to me about many, many times before I introduced him to, to um, Gene when Jake was out here at my facility and Gene was coming out to get some uh, samples to take back to run. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. Jake, Jake's like, you go do your thing. I'm talking to the physicist here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then he comes back to me. He's like, dude, you didn't tell me that he was like a physicist physicist. He's like, this guy is like super smart. He's like, now I've got a better understanding of ICP. He's like, um, I'm going to tell him about the, uh, the total system water volume test. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell you how it's done because I don't want all these other people to jump on the wagon and try to do it because I don't think anybody else will be able to figure it out. Um, cause, um, it took, uh, me, Jake and Gene a little while to figure out exactly how to make this happen more Gene than anybody. But, um, if, uh, things go well and MS is launched in August, um, I talked to Windsor about this, um, because she knew all about the Jake's test because we've been talking about it for a while. And Jake was super excited about it because if we can do a total system water volume test with accuracy on hobbyist aquariums, it's going to change the way you reef because of the reef calculator that Chris has up on his website for doing minor and trace dosing. The reef calculator that that Gene has, which is basically the same thing as Chris's on his website. Um, so that people will be able to punch in numbers and figure out how much when they get their total system water volume test and they get their ICP results and you get your levels in parts per trillion, you'll be able to say, okay, I punched my numbers into this calculator. I know exactly down to the ounce how many gallons and ounces of water are in my aquarium because of displacement. You know, you'll be able to dial in your system a hell of a lot easier than what you ever were be able to do. And People that think they have a 180 gallon aquarium and they say, oh, I've got a 180 with a sump, so I got like 210 gallons. I doubt it. You probably have with rock, with coral, with fish, with pumps. It's all a, with it's all a, it's all a guesstimate up to this point. Exactly. This will change the game. Yeah. This will say, okay, I thought I had 245 gallons in my aquarium. I really only have a have 175 gallons with really cool. the rock and the coral and everything else in there. And for me – What's going to be awesome about that, because I don't do water changes, as long as my water level is where it's supposed to be, I'll be able to see how much coral displacement I get from one right. year to it, the next. It's not, it's not a one-time deal, because you've got growing no. corals, and that's going to change the equation. Exactly. Yeah. It'll displace the water, you know, and I'll be able to say, okay, in 4,500 gallons, I grew literally 10 gallons worth of space that's really cool <laughs> that's what i can't wait for that's gonna be that's a really changer. cool yeah so some people will love it some people won't care about it but the true geeks like me like you yeah uh, come on you can't tell uh, me you're not no. gonna spend I'm gonna be, the money to do a, a jake's test i'll be digging that i'll be digging that your <laughs> wife says i think you broke a record for the live stream i think you're right amanda <laughs> <laughs> no jake and i have that Jake and I, nobody will ever break that record. It's Jake and me. It's three hours and what, 20 minutes? Dude. Wasn't it? I don't think we were ever over three hours. We started at six and didn't end until after nine. Oh, really? I'll have to. I'll have to I'm pretty I'll sure. Have to, I got to go look I'll at have that to now. The, I uh, I'll have to check the I didn't think we got past two two hours, 30 minutes, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. <laughs> I could be completely wrong. I, 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 I thought that we started an hour early because we knew it was going to be late. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize why you guys wanted to do that. And, and, and then I was like, oh, okay, it's because he just want to keep talking. <laughs> All right, dude. So um, that this was an awesome chat, Chris, and I always appreciate having you on, dude, because um, it's just great conversations. It's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of great information that um, – you know, kind of like uh, gets passed along from these uh, these live streams. So I think the folks out there really appreciate it. And um, what what are your uh, any final uh, words before we sign off? Uh, I'm gonna say just one more time. Uh, Jake's corals two pack two. Get it in quick. It might already be taken. Um, I don't know, Keith. I mean, I always enjoy having chats with you. I mean, phone conversations are great. Just doing this one, this is uh, always a good time. And I, I really just hope people enjoy it and, um, you know, get something out of it. I mean, uh, it's why we do this, right? So that people can be informed of uh, just different things that, you know, many different reefers are doing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on again and um, I'm happy to do it again. Um, down the road. Well, dude, you're always uh, you're always welcome on the live stream, mm -hmm. and I always look forward to having you on. It's 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 great just having a uh, reef keeping buddy on talk about reefing. So it's uh, it's it's my pleasure having you on, dude, and and um, really appreciate you. So keep doing what you're doing, man. You too, brother. <laughs> so <laughs> that's gonna do it for uh, for this live stream, and and. Um, yeah, in terms of the uh, the three different contests, I think we've uh, talked about it ad nauseum. But uh, there is a new uh, um, pack, uh, a new uh, new giveaway, Jake's pack, uh, Coral Pack number two. So if um, you came in late and you're hearing about these contests, certainly uh, try to uh, submit to um, that contest, reefbum.com/contact, and then put in the um, in the uh, subject header, uh, uh, Jake's Corals Pack two. And we'll take the 20th uh, person that reaches out to me with that um, header, uh, subject header. It's U.S. only, unfortunately. I know there's a lot of folks out the there corals. for the corals, yep, that, uh, that uh, are, are entering the contest. But, yeah, and um, so important, again, if you guys want to, um, if, you, if you're not one of the lucky winners, you want to get some of Chris's uh, corals, just please ask your local fish store to um to get those folks um you know get get chris's uh, corals in and hopefully we'll uh make that happen and also check out the reef agri-science series with chris and chris wood from captivate agriculture really good information on there it's on the youtube channel and it's uh i think right now it's a six-part series on Cockwasser. the last i uh, looked go ahead and there's a new episode coming out um hopefully in the next like four or five days, um, we had a recording and the video didn't come through. So we sent him, um, I think, 90 photos for the 90 minutes Ooh. that we were doing. So that way we we're going to just cycle a photo through. So, you know, if you want to stare at some pretty corals, great. If you just want to listen, um, we're talking about corals. Um, and the next one will be probably recorded in the next, uh, next well, sometime between this episode that we did tonight and next week before he is on. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You beat me to it. I got Chris Wood on next week. Uh, Sorry. That's all right, dude. <laughs> I was going to say it anyway. You, you, you just said it for me. So, uh, listen, I want to thank Chris for being on the live stream tonight. I also want to thank both Volk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine for sponsoring and supporting this live stream. 
And uh, also thank all you folks out there for tuning in and watching and participating via the chat. Thank you so much. Um, also, a big thank you to Paul, who is the moderator, as well as the president of the Boston Reefers Society. Please join and support your local reefing clubs. They are so, so important to this hobby. also want to let you know that all episodes of Wrap on the Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. Our next live stream is not going to be a Wrap on the Reef Bum. It's going to be a live choral show on uh, Saturday, June 17th at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Frags will be from 25 to 40% off. There'll be a lot of ACI frags uh, up for grabs there. But again, don't don't buy the ACI frags from me if you've got a local fish store that carries those ACI frags. I'm your second to last resort or whatever you want to say that. <laughs> so um, anyway, the next wrapping with Reap Bum, as we talked about, is going to be with Chris Wood from Captivate Agriculture. So that should be another great show. If you want to check out the full upcoming schedule of guests, visit reapbum.com under the YouTube section. Until then... Be safe and be well.